Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Salt Mine, a podcast about the North American Challengers League, the NACL, brought to you by some of the best AM casters in the business. My name is Gordo. I'm going to be repping evil geniuses in the LCS this year, and I am joined by a couple of other folks here. Let's uh, give them your intros, guys. Sure. Hey guys, I'm Nyarko, a play-by-play caster, and I'm going to be repping CLG Faith for the NACL. Really excited to see them pop off and hopping over to the next person who wants to go. Yeah, I'll, I'll round out the play-by-play guys, I guess, here. with uh, I, I'm Slayer. Uh, I unfortunately ha- am still repping TSM. We'll see how long that goes, but um, it's very excited to be here as well. And uh, not a team, Not I don't rep a team that Bonfire is much of a fan of, so Bonfire... How are we feeling? Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Slayer. Yeah, my name's Bonfire. Uh, you know, bringing in the color uh, commentators here. And uh, Slayer uh, brought it up, but I'm a TL fan. I'm very excited about this Korean lineup in the LCS. And uh, I'm excited about some of these players in the NACL, too. And to close it out, it's going to be me, TDS, for the color casters as well. I will be repping no LCS team because I dislike everyone. Not really, but I am going to rev the NACL TL. I think it's Academy now, although Challengers is still, it's going to be the thing, right? So TL Challengers, I'm excited for that team. And I have a lot to talk about over there. Thanks, guys. And yeah, I do think everybody's renaming to Challengers. So I'm going to assume that everyone's renaming to Challengers. If, uh, if I misname anybody, I'll issue a public apology later on. But... Great to have everybody on here, and now, from reading Reddit and Twitter, from what I can see, NA fans want their weekend time slot back, they want no more best of ones, they want more NA talent and less imports, and they want relegations back. So, have I got a league for you guys? It's time to jump on board for some T2 League of Legends. The EU fans have been on this train with the EU Masters for years, and there's never been a better time to join up, and we're here to help you do just that. So we're going to break down all 16 NACL teams here in our inaugural episode, and we're going to reveal our individual power rankings, both to you guys and to each other, and see if we can sow some Discord, create some debate, and... uh, hopefully make sure you hear every perspective this is probably going to be a long one so let's jump right in with uh, 100 thieves challengers so i'll start off with given my power ranking i have 100 thieves challengers second and i also will be putting them at second wow would you look at that play by play sticking together right off the bat i also have 100 thieves challengers at second Guys, I gotta say, I have them at 16. No, I'm just kidding. I also have them at <laughs> second. So uh, a lot of oh, community boy. with this one. Oh boy. I, I think it's funny that we're closing it out on the same note because I also had it at second. Oh, let's go, <laughs> baby. We got full diversity of opinions here. Yep. Uh, well, this immediately wow. throws a wrench into our plans here. But uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> how about Niarko? You you start us out here. You're the highest, having them at second. So how about you talk about why you're so high on the hundred thieves? You say that, but I'm also theoretically the lowest on the hundred thieves at second. But overall, I really like the team composition. It kind of feels that out of all the teams we're seeing coming through in the NACL, hundred thieves are really just kind of shelling out. And we see that also at the LCS level as well. It feels that they're the only people not really getting the memo that we're heading kind of into this esports recession that a lot of people are doom and glooming about. But every single person kind of 
fits the role or is a great standout that I think will propel the team into a really unique identity. I know there's going to be a lot about talk about Sniper Top, so I'm going to give the floor over to others to really talk about General Sniper and how they're propelling into the future. But also, looking down at that bot lane, Unforgiven Destiny, I think going to be a really good duo. Destiny is someone that's been hovering around in Tier 2 League of Legends for quite a while now, and I think Unforgiven is just going to be one of these members that will be constantly in discussion of moving up, kind of jumping that ladder to the LCS proper. Yeah, I think you raise a really good point. I think Sniper, if you don't know him, where have you been? He's been one of the most highly touted prospects, you know, a lot of excitement about him at such a young age. And I, I think there's definitely a lot behind that, but I think you tend to see a lot of these big prospects fizzle out if they're pushed into the limelight too quickly. And so I'm almost going to take the other side. I know we all have them at second, but my reasoning behind not, them not being first, because you talked about it, the talent of Unforgiven, the talent of Destiny in that bot lane, and then Sniper, the talent's there. But I think if anything is going to push them from first to second, it is going to be Sniper. And that's just because of his age. Um, I think a lot of us saw him performing well, but he was on a really good team, and it, I think there were just a lot of question marks are, uh, you know, when he move, makes that move up, can he continue with that progress? I see him, you know, kind of falling down a little bit, maybe having a little bit of a sophomore slump, and I think that's why they don't finish in that top spot. Well, I'm kind of on the uh, uh, other side of that, actually. Um, if there was any organization I was going to trust with uh, creating and cultivating great North American top lane talent, it's going to be 100 Thieves. I mean, I'm already going to be high. I'm already stupidly high on tenacity, but we're not going to talk about tenacity because this is about the NACL. And if there's any org that I think can make sure to prop up Sniper, it's going to be 100 Thieves. If you're talking about organizations right now that are kind of at the top or echelon, especially in fan opinion, and it feels like just creating good uh, talent as well as good outcomes, 100 Thieves is one of those teams up there with your Evil Geniuses and Team Liquids. So... I really like Sniper for a lot of reasons like that as well. I think my question marks really come down to the mid, the mid, maybe the jungle and mid duo here for 100 Thieves. It's the reason why I don't want to put them at top. I don't think they're a complete five team that I'd put at the top level. But, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record once I go bot side too. Unforgiven and Destiny, I, I think we all agree that Unforgiven might be, is probably the best player in NACL going into it without seeing any gameplay. Uh, he could honestly arguably start on some of these LCS teams as an AD carry, so I, I expect him to completely run rampant, and Destiny's just such a good pairing. So outside mid-jungle, there's not a lot of holes for me with this team, and that's why they're second. Yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously we all have him at number two, so we're all pretty high on this team compared to uh to the other competition in the league but you know i can i can feel echoes from the future coming back to me to like accuse me of uh of you know just falling for the hype here just because there are there's things here that give that should give you a little bit of pause and should give you uh a, a little bit of uh of questions about some of the members of this team you know sniper and yukino are coming in they're only 16 they've got pretty relatively low experience compared to a lot of the players here and uh you know sniper in particular as i think bonfire brought up you know he's been playing in super teams in his time in amateur and uh you know it's kind of the case in the nacl here too but not to the same degree that it was previously and uh and on unforgiven in particular i think you always have to have a little question mark about what imports are going to look like 
coming into a T2 North American League and, you know, how seriously they're going to take the competition. Because, you know, everybody's going to ask those questions about, you know, ADD and Balulu and, you know, everybody asked them about Leader last year, but n nobody seems to be asking them about Unforgiven. So, you know, if, if you're not even considering that, you know, you, you might have your uh, your hype goggles on a little tight. So just just willing to throw out a little bit of doubt so that if this team bombs, I can pretend I was a little right. Would you guys say, given that I think we're all kind of in agreement that this team has the potential to be perhaps best in the league, but we're mostly putting them at second because of these unknown quantities, that this is the team with one of the highest ranges or highest amounts of variance in terms of where they could end up placing? So here's the thing for me. And it's like, it's not that I have them down or that I don't think they can do it. Is that I feel like between first and second is so close that I honestly think both of them could end up being first, if I'm honest. So it's like, I think 100, uh, 100 challengers is really, really good. I'm really excited for what they can accomplish. I'll, I'm also thinking of the potential of, because we were talking about Unforgiven, right? And it's not atypical that mid-season, a team is struggling in LCS. They buy out a player from... Uh, challenger scene so that could also happen with unforgiven and that can mess up a lot of other situations for the team so i'm thinking it's kind of really close to being a second first and i think that any of the teams can really accomplish that in that in that per top two spot and that's why i'm not completely on the 100 tip side but i think they can do it yeah i i have them second uh just because i i kind of think you know, I don't want to spoil my first team, but I think my first team is just kind of cracked. I think it's uh, there's a lot less reasons to doubt the team that I have in first, so I'm going to have them super high. But we'll get there. I think that's a good amount of time on 100 Thieves, so we can move on now to our second team. And we are going to go in full alphabetical order here. I'm not going to discriminate between our provisional teams who are eligible for relegation and our uh, permanent member teams. So we're going to go right into AOE Esports. I have them at 10th. I also have them at 10th. Us play-by-plays really got to stop Guys. linking on well, our like almost... neurons or something. I don't know what's going on here, but Slayer. Guys, it's about to get crazier. They're my 10th as well. No oh, joke. God. I literally have them 10th. Don't worry. Do not worry. I have them at 11th, so I am going to be the first to change things around. <laughs> I'm lucky because I was also going to change it up, but I'm on 9th, I think. Ooh. I, 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 I'm more high on them. All right. The concept of the show is saved. That's not all the <laughs> so Let's start off with TDS, your highest on AOE. Hype us up on this team. So the thing with me is that I think AOE will be great, Tim, and they are going to surprise but it's also mixed up with, I think, LCS Orcs will disappoint. So it's a mixture of everything coming in together. And that's why I think AOE will try and bring it up a little bit higher and a little bit more towards what I expect them to accomplish. They have a lot of players that do have experience at this tier of level. So it's not like I think they're going to be really weak. And I also feel like in terms of what they could build up for cohesion of the team, these are players that slot in a lot of teams quite easily. Like... They don't need a lot of time to slot in a team, and I think they can work out really effectively from the start. Yeah, I, I, as the person who has them lowest, I, I feel like I have to give my explanation. And, and I, I want to start off by saying, you'll see, obviously, as the show goes on, I do think that some of these teams that aren't, you know, the LCS, you know, little brothers can actually make noise. However, I'm not sure if AoE is that team for me. I don't think they're a bad team by any means, and 
you know, spoiler, I actually have them ahead of, uh, you know, like I said, one of those LCS little brothers, and we'll get into that later. But I just don't see them topping a lot of these LCS teams. And because of that, and, and the reason is that I just don't think they have the ability to, uh, in terms of the financial, you know, strain on these teams in League of Legends. We talk about how esports is going through a little bit of a decline. You look at these teams with the facilities that they can provide with, you know, what they can give to all of these players in, in terms of practice, in terms of scrimming. Uh, and a lot of these teams, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, NACL teams are working in those facilities that the LCS teams are as well. So they get to scrim against the big brothers. They get to, you know, see how these professional teams work and, you know, how they can provide. And I just don't see AOE uh, having that ability to. And because of that, I am going to be a little bit more pessimistic, you know, when it comes to these teams. Yeah, on AOE, and I'll say for the provisional teams in total, it's... Uh... I agree that I think they'll do better than folks expect, uh, by and large. I think it's just hard to target exactly who that's going to be. But we've seen with Proving Grounds over the last couple of years, uh, you know, those amateur teams, usually a couple of them end up placing ahead of a couple of academy rosters. That's how it's been pretty much the whole time. Uh, you know, on the first one, they won the whole thing, but I think we're comfortable saying that's a little bit of an outlier. Uh, but still, that, those were in situations where those amateur teams very rarely got to experience competition against the academy level. Uh, so in, in theory, you'd think with this new NACL format, that's more likely now. So they should be closer in parity than they were previously. So while I think, you know, the default assumption should be, you know, 1 through 10 is the challenger teams and 11 through 16 are the provisional teams, I think it's very unlikely that it plays out that way. And AOE is probably my highest-ranked uh, provisional team. So this is a team I'm really excited for. I think Gamsu was huge in Dignitas's run to finals uh, last split. Uh, I think Winnie and Dark Wings have been academy level for a while, and I'm really excited to see what they're going to be able to do this split. Yeah, I mean, Gorda, I'm going to unfortunately echo you here on a lot of those things that you said. I also will give it away that uh, AOE is my highest provisional team uh, with this with this spot secured, but... You know, it's crazy to think about on a baseline factor, guys. I mean, were we? I wasn't expecting any of these provisional teams to bring a roster with only one guy not having participated in tier two, you know, League of Legends action before. And that's exactly what you're getting with this AOE squad. It's only Lynx who hasn't played at this level. So, you know, obviously there was a lot of guys that provisional teams could pick up that we thought would be, you know, really good to see and we'll get into more of them later on down the line but i'm just kind of blown away that aoe's been able to put together a roster like this and you mentioned gordo the two guys that really stand out for me are gamsu and dark wings i think dark wings is going to be you know no pun intended a dark horse mid laner to look out for not only competing at a high level in the nacl but when we talked about you know as earlier mentioned when you get to the summer split some of these teams want to try and buy out players to move up to the lcs i will i will stand here now and say i think he'll be at a point for contention at that time because this team he will stand out for this aoe team so i also think that they're going to be the best provisional team and i think that they'll be better than some of those bigger brothers and it's really for me on the wings of dark wings 
And Darklings is someone that I'm actually not super familiar with, so I'm happy to hear everybody's thoughts on that player. But for me, one of the things that kind of allows for AoE to not only stand at the top of the rankings of these provisional teams, but also leapfrog over an LCS team. And I'm very interested to see for everybody who's ranking them 10 or above, which LCS team everybody thinks that they're going to jump over. But for me, it's the fact that the core of Winnie, Lynx, and Skytech have had some practice before. And I think that coming through as a united front of people who, and maybe don't have the best experience or the most extensive experience in the academy structure or the proving ground structure these are players that will still be able to kind of utilize that familiarity utilize that fluency really well and i think that overall they're presenting a very nicely united front and given that everybody seems to be up on gamsu dark wings these people are entering into the team now i think that it speaks to me that these guys are really going to shine I guess since we already get into our first provisional team and Gordo and me kind of alluded to it, I'm curious. I'll kind of open the floor up. Uh, is this the highest provisional team for the rest of you guys? You take it away. I mean, I know it's me and Gordo's, but how else it's, are you? It's not mine. It's not okay. mine. But so that's, I, I think that's exciting because, I mean, you guys are very high on this team. And like I said, I'm the pessimist now, but as we get further on, I think we'll see, hopefully, that, you know, <laughs> I'm a little bit all over the place um, in a good way. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I think there are, I, I do really think that provisional teams can bring a lot to the table. I just think AoE's not my pick. Um, but 11th is not a bad ranking for them. And, and we're all very close, so I don't feel like I have to defend myself too much. Um, but I, I just don't think that they're the best provisional team. And when we get to my best provisional team, I think then we can really open the floor and almost bring AOE back and have the discussion of like, you know, which one's better. I think it's kind of funny because it is going to be, I'll just say it, it is mine. And just quickly to like kind of close it out the point. I think I know which team you're putting above oh. them. So I'm really, I, I think, I think I know which one. And I also want to say that I think that team is going to surprise a lot because I feel like they are not going to get the respect that they deserve. Okay. All right. Shadowing. All right. Well, that should, I think everybody at least has them out of relegation range. So that's, you know, that's good news for AOE. And that is really the number one goal for these, uh, these provisional teams, right? You know, the, the challenger teams are built to develop talent for the LCS orgs. The provisional teams are built to win and to not get relegated from the league. So that kind of, uh, that, that, uh, dichotomy is going to be very interesting to watch as, uh, as the NACL starts its inaugural season and has more seasons in the future. We're going to move on now back to the challenger team territory. We've got cloud nine challengers, everybody. I have this team power ranked fourth. I have them at sixth. Okay, I'm just going to keep following Gordo, I guess. I have him fourth. Yarko, <laughs> my brother. We, I have him at sixth as well. Hey, so I'm the pessimist here. I have them at eight. Wow. Wow. Right. Yep. You have to explain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, wait, wait, wait. Best, best, best ranking first. I'll, uh, oh, okay. I'll, I'll go in for Cloud9 challengers, I suppose. Uh, I'll, I'll lead this off. Uh, so Cloud9, first of all, you know, I, I don't like to lean on history too much here, uh, but... Cloud9 has had the most successful talent development program, I think, in NA overall. If you look at the whole history of the LCS, I think Cloud9 is the org that has done the most to uh, to bring up and develop new talent. 
I know they've brought up that this is intended to be like a scrim partner for the LCS squad. They've said that before and not really followed up on it, so I don't know how much I'm going to really put stake in that. But I do think player for player, pound for pound, this team is pretty good. Players that I'm specifically looking at uh, are Lost. You know, the last time Lost was playing in Academy, uh, I know a lot of people have some short-term memories, but last time he was here, he was one of the MVPs. They didn't really give out the most valuable prospect award back then, but like Lost for Hooney was going to be a straight-up trade between LCS uh, Academy player Lost and LCS professional player Hooney for TSM. That deal was on the table for a long time until, you know, a lot of that double-if drama ended up happening. Fake God is in a similar place. You know, he was not impressive at the LCS level, but the way he got to that LCS level was by being very impressive down in Academy. So if he can make that return to form, if Zazel can make his return to form as well, you know, if even only one or two of these players hit, Menes as well comes in uh, very hyped on talent, maybe less hyped on personality. Uh, but if, you know, only two or, you know, even one of these players hit, I think it's going to be a big boon to Cloud9. And it's going to win them a lot of games. I just want to quickly butt in here before we get to TDS uh, stomping on everything we're saying, because I also put them forth. So I'll, I'll just quickly throw a little bit of my logic in. I, unfortunately, for the 1800th time already in 25 minutes of recording, I very much back a lot of what Gordo said. The, the one point that I'd like to highlight is I think my strength here for the C9, um, this team, their challengers team, as much as I like to lean on history, and I agree that they developed overall the, the best talent in North America. Recency bias would say EG or 100 Thieves. It's Cloud9 overall, in my opinion. Bot lane is where I think this team will be a strength. I, I'm really high on Zazel, and uh, I also, being a TSM fan, remember all about Lost, you know, at, when the, he was brought up around this team, the trades, everything. He, he was a really big performer in Academy, and I think next to a guy like Zazel, this could be a top three bottom lane in the NACL. And here comes the fun part for me, because since I have the <laughs> lowest, and it's actually going to go against a couple of the points that you guys went. Because I think that the biggest weaknesses that we're going to see on Cloud9's roster is going to be both side lanes. I have, I'll, I'll leave it at this, I have absolutely no hope for Paycott. I think that he's not going to be bad, but I don't think he's going to deliver. I, I really think that it's going to be a straight up just middle of the pack, he'll be there. And then on the bot lane part of why I don't think that Cloud9 will going to excel, it's not like I think Lost and Cesar are going to be a bad bot lane, but I feel like they will start here and gradually get here, go go here the longer it goes. And I think that we're going to see bot lanes that will just keep getting better and better for, from other teams, for example, the ones that we put on top of them. And then it's also a similar situation to what may happen with what we're talking about with 100A, where if they do excel, they are players that are going to get picked up first, like 100%, because they have LCS experience. So if that ends up, if a team is desperate enough, those are players that if they do good are going to be taken away and that can affect completely C9 uh, challengers approach as well. So that's why I don't have a lot of like high expectations for Falvey, at least middle of the pack for me. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I'm a little higher on them just because I think of the raw talent that they have just surpasses a lot of other teams. You look at MNS stat-wise, and you're going to hear me say that a lot. I'm a big stats guy. Statistically, a great player, plus in all of his CSD, XPD, um, you know, all of, at 15 minutes, he's just much better than his other lane counterparts, and he's got a very wide champ pool. So MNS should perform very well. I think my issue with them 
and you know, I, I, this is where I come in with you, TDS, as well. Is I just think there's sidelines. I I agree. I don't know if I believe in fake God as much as um you know Gordo and Slayer might, and I definitely don't believe in. I, I hate to say it, Lost and Zazel. I think they've had their chance to prove that they can bring something to the table. They haven't done it in the LCS. Lost has had ample opportunity. He hasn't shown, I think, what we all want to see. Gordo, I, I see where you're coming from when it comes with, you know, oh, when he's in the, you know, academy level, he can really perform. But I think what I think this is going to be a much stronger NAC, NACL, almost like an LCS light. And I just don't know if he has it. He's getting a bit older. Obviously, he's still pretty young, but he's not what he used to be. And Zazel, you want to talk about age, very old. I see middle of the pack. And I could see worse. Honestly, six seems pretty generous in my eyes. For me, I have a lot of the same impressions that everybody else does, especially those of us who are slightly more down on the roster. For me, Fake God Top, I think, is a competent player, but not someone who's going to shine. And for me, especially looking at the meta, the dynamic coming off of preseason and the value that comes from performing early on in a split, such as this inaugural one for the NACL, I just feel that you need to have a shining star of a top laner. This is part of the reason why I was bumping 100 Thieves so high is because I do have faith in Sniper. I don't quite have the same kind of momentum behind me to say Fake God will be able to kind of fulfill that role. Maybe for me, Bonfire, I'm a little bit more up on Lost Zazal, but I just don't think bot lane is going to be the focus for this meta, especially the kind of bot lane that Lost likes to play, Lucian being his signature champ and all. Sure, there's Lucian Nami still playable, but overall, the metagame seems to be shifting towards more utility oriented champions and because lost is someone who we are theorizing can shine at this level of the nacl you're kind of dampened in your ability to really pop off and carry a game depending on the champions being assigned and i think that what lost really wants is a meta where you could just truly bully other people and really dominate that lane and right now i don't think c9 is well positioned given that the, that the meta is as it is I think those are I think those are all really uh, great points to make. There, I, I kind of go back to TDS's point because I do want to factor in for my ranking. Um, this is under the guys that lost in Zazel stay on this team throughout a whole split, right? And I think it's a great point to bring up that if you're an LCS team, the first guys you're going to look at if you're looking to pull people up, even if they create a team decides to do it mid season. It's going to be those guys that have time in the LCS. You, you don't want to pull up a guy that you are, you know. You know, you you're not gonna pull sniper up. That sniper's not getting pulled up. Like he, he literally can't be, and you're not gonna pull up a talent of that level, that young into the LCS. But guys like Lost and Zazel, sure, you certainly could see. I'm a, I'm operating under the guise that they will stay at this level the entire time, and that's why I rank him that high. If they were to come out, I would obviously kick C9 challengers down in uh, a lot uh, from where I had them previously, and I actually do have a lot of concerns uh, with fake god as well i'm still very much rooted in the idea of, of playing through this bottom lane and uh well i let's just hope that lost doesn't have to just lean on his illusion <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um definitely on board with uh i think my rankings are kind of assuming a consistent roster although yeah i definitely see the, the like risk of, of players getting snatched up by other teams here as well and uh yeah, on the just to keep on the fake god point. I know this team isn't all fake god, but I'll keep the argument going for for debate's sake. I I actually really do think looking at the league as a whole, I'm not like super high on this top lane class. Like I do think there's some highlights for sure. I think like you got Bradley, Philip, and Soul up at the top. 
Uh, but I think, like, there's a big, like, mediocre middle ground where I could see it. You know, I would love to see some of these guys take a step up, but coming into the season, you know, Jenkins, Concept, ADD, Hoon, Fake God, I have all of these guys, like, you know, give me on any given day, I think any of them could be better than each other. Um, and I think then you can then look at the rest of the team here. Nobody's really mentioned uh, Tomio, but, uh, you know, I think he's plenty serviceable. Uh, and I think the rest of the roster is quite strong. So I'm I'm pretty high on C9 for those reasons. Yeah, I actually just quickly, I, I wanted to talk about Tomio as well, because we didn't really mention Tomio. I feel like we hit every other part of the team. And I think, you know, what's important to mention about Tomio is that obviously played for EGA, didn't really perform to expectations. He's a good jungler. And this is what I was saying earlier. You know, the talent of this team can carry them. I just do have concerns about Tomio. His numbers, again, kind of even out. He's a middle-of-the-pack jungler. He's negative on all of his at 15 numbers. He's got a wide champel, and when he when he's given a good team, I think he can perform. But I just have concerns that he can he can't be that superstar jungler. And again, I think Yarko, I think it was you earlier who mentioned that you need to have a superstar on a team. I don't know if they really have that superstar. We've all said lost. I'm not buying in at lost. So I think middle of the pack, that's kind of where I have them. I just don't know if Tomio can really bring them uh, all together. All right. We'll call it there on Cloud9 Challengers, but the most disagreement we've had so far, so hopefully we can keep getting a little spicier. Let's move on to CLG Challengers. I have this team right behind Cloud9 at number five. And I have them right above Cloud9 at number five. Ordo, do you have my screen up or something, man? I don't know what's going on here. I also have CLG Challengers at five. Is that four in a row? That's four in a row now. That I'm is weird. Exactly the same so far. And it's only going to get worse. Because the more we predict the same, the more we're going to keep predicting the same. Because we have less <laughs> room to disagree. Uh, go ahead, Bonfire. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll be the uh, black sheep of this this Discord, apparently. And I'll be, uh, I'll be seventh. I have them at seventh. You hate every team? <laughs> I, I no one has to be high we, i don't know how this is going go ahead, go ahead tds so it's funny we're both the black ships because i also well i have them higher than c9 but it's still not it's not that hard seventh as well clg my god or CLGC. all right uh let's so, go slayer you haven't gotten to be the lover yet go ahead and uh yeah so so yeah with clg challengers i had a lot of I struggled when it came to like the middle of the pack of some of these rankings because I do think when it comes to my power rankings, they're I don't want to give too much away, but I I think what my one through four, any of them could really get first at a certain point, and then there's a drop off, and I think CLG Challengers is a bit of a drop off, and I think it starts, you know, kind of the point that Gordo made earlier. We're we're gonna it sounds like we're gonna be harping on top laners all season long, or at least early on in the season. I do think Jenkins is a cut below some of these top laners but i think he's still you know pretty you know he's a guy we've seen for a while you know he stepped in with tl academy at one point and you know they ended up on clg's lcs team did perform well but he's still middle of the pack but an upper echelon of there i think with this team i'm i'm really excited to see how meech plays i think meech and breezy is a duo that i really am passionate about i think if when now that we're finally going to talk about young guys i know i harped on how much i think lost does well at this level but he's obviously been there for a while and proved what he could do on the LCS level. I think Meech, you know, is a really big superstar in the making. Finally getting, you know, play on a team, obviously with my power rankings, that I think is the best team formulated around him. And I think uh, he will be a stellar standout. And, 
once again, going towards my 80 carry player nature, apparently, I just think <laughs> all these bottom lanes are the strength of a lot of these teams. But I think I'll get a little more support with Meech. And I kind of want to build upon that because, Slayer, I think that you make a good point about there being a kind of gap between the top four teams in the NACL. But the other way to articulate this is that CLG truly is the gatekeeper of this top echelon, in my opinion. And I think that part of the reason comes down to they have a lot of very good players with high ceilings and you have very strong consistency coming out of mid bot supports. But the issue is kind of going back to what I was saying before with C9. I just don't think that bot sup being a good pairing is going to be enough to offset some of the uncertainty that's coming through from CLG in the top lane. Jenkins, one of those people that I'm kind of mentioning as having one of those high ceilings kind of needs to claw back to the dynamic that they were showing earlier on in their career. And I know some other people also have thoughts on that. So I'll leave the floor open, but overall, this is not the metaphor meet and breezy to solo carry, but I think solo carry, they still shall, especially early on, given that CLG is relatively unchanged in, unchanged in their roster. And there isn't going to be that adjustment period we might see with some other comps. And I think it's a good opportunity for me to jump here since I'm one of the guys that do not have them. Well, in comparison that high, because I do think that the roster is not necessarily bad. It has a lot of potential, but it is sticks to me at least it sticks to that it's mainly potential not a lot of expectation that can be built around that and i i like potential is good if you're expecting for it to go long term so i think CLG may be building a little bit more for let's say next play of nacl much more so than this particular one so that's why i'm expecting a lot more hiccups a lot more uh, try and fail to see what what is better for the team and like you're saying, I don't have a lot of expectation with Jenkins. I think that he's not necessarily bad, but I'm not 100% sure of him. And then the rest of the members, I think that they can deliver once in a while, but I don't know if they're going to be the consistent shining light that a team needs to be able to carry out. Yeah, I'm going to follow through with that. I obviously have them lower than C9, and so I do want to give my reasoning for that. And I think it just comes down to you talk about Meech. I think I'd be crazy to not say that I'm high on Meech as well. And I think we didn't talk about copy. I'm also very excited about copy has shown really great things. And so you look at the mid bot and it's like, oh my goodness, this could be a top four team. And then I think you round it out with just a lot of mid. And I think that's kind of where we're going with this. I think we've talked about Jenkins quite enough. So I won't talk about Jenkins. I think you guys, you know, accurately assessed him. Kevy, eh, his stats are very mediocre. Uh, again, his champ pool really is big on the Viego, but when you pick him 10 times and all you have is a 2KDA to show for it, I'm not really writing home about that. And then you look at the support breezy. Um, someone wrote in the doc that we've been using that you know doesn't really show a lot other than when he's uh, not alongside Meech. And I think I have to agree with that. I think Meech kind of carries that bot lane. And so, yeah, Meech and Copy might have 15 kills a game, but when the rest of the team is struggling... I just don't know if I can ha if I can in good faith put them super high. Uh, I, I think the one thing I will say is they can reach those upper echelons, but I think they also have a very low floor, and that's kind of why I have the middle of the pack at seven. Yeah, just to to give some context to all the Meech hype for anybody who maybe doesn't know this player quite as well, uh, you know, been a real big breakout player from 2022 i would say it was his first year in academy and he's immediately one of the best 80 carries in the league i think he's going to be overshadowed by unforgiven but i would really love to see him be able to step up and compete there 
up against, you know, the big import all-star European AD carry. Uh, something else to note about Meech is, at least if the rumors from Mr. Travis Gafford are, be, are to be believed, is that Meech was uh, a big contender for the AD carry on FlyQuest if they didn't end up importing at that position. So he was almost LCS this offseason, at least it seems like he was, um, and I think will be LCS before too long. I, uh, I I will join up on the Kevy hate, even though I'm one of the play- people who have CLG a little bit higher. Uh, I think Kevy, like, and this is going to be evident as we get into some of the other teams later on, uh, is I'm, I'm pretty low on Osh players nowadays. No no offense to the players themselves or to the region, but uh, tragically, I feel like we, we have turned that region upside down and just shaken all the coins out of their pockets. They... And at this point, you know, we've got we've got the fudges and the FBIs and the ALAs and the Surties and everybody in our leagues already. Uh, and I think this habit of, like, taking a, a player from the OSH champion every split, I think that's going to stop paying off eventually. And I think Kevy last year was very possibly the point uh, where that well dries up. Although, I will say, we know that he didn't have a full split as a starter, and uh, we kind of know from some out-of-game stuff that at least one of his teammates really did not want him there. So maybe uh, maybe some better vibes could uh, could give him a little bit better of a time than he had last split. Much like the conversation around 100 Thieves Challengers where Gordo gave a caveat to try and so you could kind of back out of a, putting a team a certain amount of hype. Yeah. Uh, I want to I want to quickly put my caveat. I will stamp a caveat on CLG Challengers because I am super wary about uh, a jungler with a limited champ pool. I think I, I would argue out of every role in the game, it, it could be argued with mid, but jungle and mid, if you have a limited champ pool, you are just capping yourself really harshly for any sort of growth and especially once we're getting now at tier two level it's really hard to see if he doesn't expand off this viego clg challengers are are going to be in trouble so if clg challengers flop from my my fifth place spot uh i do want to if it's on heavy if it's on this jungle pick i i'm just leaving it out there so i don't get get too much yeah yeah the real question is how can you be limited to viego when you got to play every champ on him true that's a good point all right technically he plays every champ sorry let me go to my player rankings and bump up heavy and rose thorn about five slots nyarko's right I think we're about good there on CLG Challengers, but let's move on to the other CLG roster here. CLG Faith, their provisional team. For anyone who doesn't know, we have got ourselves uh, three affiliate teams, which are the uh, provisional teams that are uh, LCS affiliates. And I guess AOE a little bit. They're like partnered with Golden Guardians now, right? But anyway, looking at CLG Faith, uh, I'm ready to talk here because I have got this team 16th. I'm sorry, Myra. Wow. Yeah, that hurts as wow. well. Someone who came in saying, I'm repping this team. I'm putting them at 12. Yeah, I, I have them 11th. So I differentiate from Gordo in a, in a big it way. Happened. It happened. <laughs> it happened. I, um, I, I, this is the team I was talking about. This is my provisional team. I have them at 10th. Wow. Okay, not gonna lie. I said I knew. I don't knew. I'm completely capping because this is my 16th as well. Oh, wow! Wow! Yeah. So, 
Okay, no, actually, because you're the highest, you you can take it here. Okay, all right. I'll start. This is my my. I'm gonna get on my soapbox and I'm gonna scream to the world. So this is my provisional team to back, and there's a couple of reasons. The big one being that they have a very good jungler, and I think you know we talked about how the jungle meta can really impact you know having a good champ pool and having good stats. This is a jungle meta, and NXI has shown out, has looked pretty okay when he was on FlyQuest. There were calls for him to make that move. I don't think he's ready. I'm not going to you know, say that he should make the jump to LCS, but for a team like this to grab him up and to you know, make, them, make him their jungler, I think is a great move for them. You look at his stats, he's a great Lee Sin, a 5.3 KDA on his best champion. is just, I mean, that screams fantastic to me. And then I think you also have to look at the bot lane. I'm big on BF BMFX. I think that he's done the journey. I think he's quietly been a very good prospect. People I don't think are talking enough about BMFX. You think you look at Sniper on that 100 Thieves Next roster. That was a super team. It wasn't just Sniper. I think BMFX kind of flew under the radar. Another great pickup. And so that's a jungler and an AD carry. He just round out the team with a lot of other pretty good players and Honestly, I know that there's a lot of worries about LATAM and, you know, kind of people moving around. But I think if you build around those two strong points like they have, I think they could upset a lot of big teams. Here comes the funny part, because I am a LATAM resident. I can shit talk them as much as possible because I do know I know them to a certain degree. But well, it's not really shit talk. So here's the thing. I do think NXI, NXI is probably the player that I'm looking the most here. But the biggest issue that I always have with junglers is that even though I think junglers can be great, you're really dependent on your laners. And I have absolutely no hope for the laners in this team, if I'm honest. Like, obviously not taking into account the AD carry. The AD carry, other thing, focus on it, how you, how you can, but it's really dependent that you have at least either a top laner or a mid laner that can follow you up. It doesn't have to be the two, just has to be one. And I don't have any hope for either of these players. I feel like this team is going to be so vulnerable in those positions that it doesn't matter how good NXI is. Even if he gets advantages, I think that they are going to be way too vulnerable to be able to take full advantage out of that. I think NXI will leave before long because he's probably going to be so easily the highlight player that other teams that will need a jungler will take him off. But I don't think that it's going to be the main difference maker for CLG to be higher up, at least for me. Like, I I just simply have no hope for the leaders. Sorry for that. Yeah, no, I, I think I echo that opinion a little bit as well, you know, where where Bonfire says, you know, he likes NXI, he likes BMFX, and I'm, I'm on board with, with the acronym players as well, um, <laughs> with all the letters, the alphabet soup, but I think it's the rest of the team that I get pretty concerned about. I think Bajani and Saranok... Um, I'm, I'm kind of, and I wish I wasn't because I really like the scene, but I'm kind of out on collegiate as like a direct path to academy in most circumstances. I think it's been proven over time quite a few times that like the proving ground circuit or now NACLQ circuit as a higher level of competition than the collegiate one. Uh, and Bajani and Saranok just haven't been able to show up at that level. Uh, granted, they played with Bay State in those qualifiers. It's not like they joined like other independent teams. So, you know, you can blame their teammates if you like. And, uh, and you know, I'm a big Sketch fan. I like Sketch. Um, but, you know, I've never seen this guy play a game of support. So, fresh off the roll swap, I've, you know, how high can I really rate him? It can't be too high. 
So off the back of all three of those, uh, I, I just have to end up a little bit lower on this team. Uh, a lot of bit lower on this team, apparently, as I have them last. I think that when it comes to these teams in the lower half of the rankings, particularly the lower third of the rankings, there is some amount of toss-upness between them. For me, part of the reason why I'm putting CLG Faith as high as I am um, is that I really like them as all as players. <laughs> Generally, I am happy to see this team come together. I think that there's a lot of really solid narratives being played out here. We got Lopley as coach. I've watched him since I started playing, and that's why I was repping them at the intro to this episode, and they will be the team I'm genuinely cheering for. But with that in mind, this may be some amount of cope, but I do have an argument for how this team does place themselves as one of the better provisional teams. I think that overall, NXI being one of the strong players, and this is being collectively agreed upon, can do a whole lot to shore up Saranok and Bajani, who work well together, who have played on the same team together and are, heck, from the same country. Bajani has the roster pool to be able to play carry champions. The NXI could help accelerate in that early game. The Fiora, the Camille, these are all champions that he's a signature player for. And I think that these are really the champions that are going to define at least the early part of season 13. And so if we can see jungle playing through top lane, you're going to see a team actually really develop and get a lot of momentum early on. And you have an incredibly solid bot lane off of that. Sure. We haven't seen sketch play support before, but as a support man, I can tell you, you could transform any skills into the support role and do perfectly fine. It's baby food compared to playing ADC, which is what sketch was on in the past. Wow, he, uh, he, I just, I just, I, sorry, I had to get uh, Bonfire's reaction there. Just uh, <laughs> support see. main as a support main uh, compared to the AD carry main. No, I, I, I'm obviously ranked very similar uh, with CLG Faith. It's very similar logic. I think that we're talking about top lane is, is a pl place to play through. I definitely am on board for the Sa the Saranox lander. Uh, I'm very scared for him, but I, I do think the NXI can boost him up a bit, and I think playing through the top side will not only be an advantage advantage for every team at the NL NACL level off the bat because of how we've seen changes to those really powerful tanks. I think the carry top laners will also get a boost up, at least at the beginning. Well, who knows how <laughs> Riot Devs will tweak the game in top lane. We obviously see they have a focal point on it right now, so it might change later on. But I think those two up top is why I think CLG Faith, along with being a part of, of an org that has shown that they care a lot about developing talent, there's a reason why that they CLG has two teams here in the first place. They're not going to be the worst divisional team, but I definitely see provisional team. I definitely see the concerns, especially in the mid lane, like TDS highlighted. I think the last thing I'll say about CLG Faith is apparently their biggest supporter, even though Nyarko is uh, their biggest uh, coper. We'll say um, is that is that I think you look at Sketch and there's concerns about him moving into that support role. But going with what Nyarko said, you've got a coach who is a support main that's like giving a, one of the best quarterbacks in the draft class a great co a head coach who used to be a quarterback you can teach them something you can give them the intangibles and so i have hope for sketch i've told you about the adc in the jungle and i think nyarko helps out a lot with the top and the mid i think if you have a good jungler you really don't need to be a fantastic top or mid you just need to have good collusion with your amazing jungler and they can help move you forward so I'm big on them. I think they all gel together. And uh, I don't know, hopefully in a couple of months, we'll all come together and we'll say, Bonfire, you were so right. How did we not believe in CLG Faith? But going off of my track record, I think, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully I'm right, but we'll see. Well, let's see if the faithful are rewarded in that yeah, sense. Exactly. But 
<laughs> I also just want to finish this here, not necessarily just talking broadly about CLG faith, but also because I think that this may be one of those chances where Collegiate may get that prompt up because we were talking about it. This is a team that has two Collegiate players. If they don't execute or be able to push through the narrative that Collegiate is not necessarily that like inferior to the other level, this may push so that Collegiate players don't go higher and higher up. And that may be another present and another thing to focus on in the future. Like I come from a football background, football slash soccer for any audiences. And I do, like I don't understand the collegiate pipeline because it doesn't work in football. Like you just go straight. If you're 16 years old, you debut at 16 years old into what would be the LCS. Like it's trial by fire, and you either succeed or not. And that's why I'm accustomed. To, what I'm accustomed to it. So that's why I don't have a lot of hope for collegiate. But I understand what it could also be a pipeline for other players. So I, in my mind, I hope that it doesn't fail miserably, and I hope that some players can perform that do come from collegiate. All right. Oh, we'll call it on CLG Faith there, but probably the most disagreement we've had so far, at least the biggest range, probably uh, six positions there. Moving on to dig challengers going back to the permanent teams. Uh, I have these guys at sixth. I have them at eighth. I also have them at eighth. <laughs> oh, I have no. them at first. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Vodfires okay, <laughs> paid by Dignitas. TDS. <laughs> I'm not that high, but I am a little bit high, Faith. Okay. All right. All right. Get, out, get on the get on the mic stand, Bonfire. You're just. <laughs> we didn't consider this when talking about the format, but this format lets Bonfire talk for an hour in this podcast. <laughs> I just have so many hot takes that one of them has to be right. No, I actually truly believe in Dignitas, and you know, Dignitas faithful. Listen up. Let me round you together. Uh, I'm sure as little of you as there are, the but I think Dignitas are. has a very strong team. I think their biggest concern, and I'm going to start off with the negative, is Hoon. And I'm just going to put it out there. Don't believe in Hoon. I don't know if he can really do it. If you go down the line, pound for pound, the rest of this team, they can really gel. And I think that they can really put it all together. And I'm ready for a shock and ACL debut. I truly believe that this team has the has the guys to really push for something. You look at XU in the jungle, has been in the LCS, has moved his way around, didn't look great on the Diggs LCS roster previously, but has that talent and an academy has performed incredibly well. You look at Insanity, one of the best mid laners in the league. You talk about that jungle mid synergy. There, perfect. You have it right there, XU and Insanity. You look at Tomo, one of the best AD carries talent-wise uh, in the league, in my opinion. His numbers are unbelievable. Quietly, probably the best Jinx maybe in America uh, right now. An 82 KDA through four games. Just an unbelievable player on Jinx. And the rest of his champ pool also looks good. And this is a player who's played on pretty poor teams throughout his career. To have these incredible stats, to have a great champ pool, on poor teams, I think means so much more to me. And then you look at the support, Diamond, the veteran, the bull Durham of this team, coaching all of these great players. You've got experience, you've got young talent, everything gels together. I truly think Dignitas can bring it all together for a strong finish at first. Nyarko, bring us back to earth, please. Okay. <laughs> okay, the task will fall to me coming off of that impassioned speech, and I kind of feel bad about it, not going to lie, mostly because... I see the points that you're making, Bonfire, but to me, 
the warrants all come together to show a team that is still confidently middle of the road will be able to perform will pick up wins and maybe even shock jumping up a few placements but as a package these players all seem to be gatekeepers more than they are the breakout stars that are going to define the nacl and so for me i will agree fully with hoon and given what i've said before the weight i'm putting behind top lane is a major focus uh for this league for at least the first few patches i think that we're going to be seeing dig struggle from that side xu is someone that i haven't seen a whole lot of i will admit on that front but Overall, it just seems like they're someone who is still very much in a developmental phase. I don't have a large amount of faith in their ability to kind of move with the constant ebb and flow of the jungle meta, especially given how strange things have been since the preseason with the counter jungling changes, the pokey pets, everything like that. And while I do think insanity is going to be a great staple, he is in fact the definition of that kind of gatekeeper. I think it's even written by some other people in the notes here. This is going to be a person who will help define and cast a shadow upon the greats that are going to come out of the NACL. But I don't think that insanity is one themselves. You know what here? I, I have a lot to say uh, to counter what bonfire. I might get a little vicious here, but um I'll start with the positives. Here, here's my logic for at least the top six to, you know, the not. Okay, so I know I define the top four teams as above the cut. When it comes to five through eight, the reason why they're five through eight in a positive light is because I think there's a player in the mid or mid lane or top lane because I think those are the two strongest lanes going into season 13 that I think can alone push them above, you know, around the middle to the middle of the pack or a bit above depending on the rest of the roster i think that is insanity um i definitely agree with your points bonfire that insanity uh is you know he is a gatekeeper at points but i, st I maybe might be a little bit higher on him i think he is a, a mid laner that will do a lot of damage against a lot of other mid laners in this league i don't have too many mid laners above him right now going into nacl season one but that's where the positives kind of end first of all this is not the best jinx in North America. I don't, I don't, that is the most outrageous thing you could have said. I don't care what the stats are. He was playing against amateurs. He's, he's not playing, we're not talking, I'm not going to put his jinx up against FBI's, up against Danny's, or some of these guys that are going to absolutely pop off. Berserker, I think, could probably pull out a jinx game that's better than this guy. That's outrageous to say. So, first of all, I want to make sure that gets out of the way before we disrespect I mean, the players. Stats, I just follow the stats. The stats are only showing so much of it. Who is he playing against is what I would say hinders a lot of it. And then, obviously, I'll agree with uh, I'm pretty worried about Hoon. I think Diamond, you can look at a lot in the same light. I, I really treat Diamond as, as a Zazel light in this scenario for Dig. I don't think he could prop up the team as much as other guys. Um, so outside of that, yeah, it's really, for me, insanity that I think can push this team up. Luckily, he's in a lane that I think is the strongest, and that's why I've had them land at eighth but outside of that man i i don't see how uh how this team could be a first place team yeah uh I, i'm a little higher than yarko and slayer are i'm a lot lower than bonfire is so you know it's gonna it's gonna be a little tough i do think insanity you know he i agree that he's a gatekeeper but he's a gatekeeper and i know i already said the top lane class was weak i do think the mid lane class is probably the weakest overall in the nacl this split as uh yeah i mean he's been so good he was such a big part of dignitas's run to finals last split that's what earned him you know his spot back um and he 
you know, yes, he's a gatekeeper, but uh, like a really high bar of one. I think I don't expect anyone to have LCS potential or I won't consider them to have LCS potential unless they look better than insanity in, in some parts. And uh, I don't expect anyone to really look better than insanity. I have him as like my best mid laner all in all. And, uh, you know, it's beyond that that I get a little concerned. Um, I think I, I'm way lower on XU than I think uh, Bonfire is for sure. I think, you know, he's pretty middle of the pack. He's pretty serviceable. Uh, I thought he's looked good in his time in the LCS, so I, I hope that he gets better. But uh, coming into it, I don't have him as high as some of the best junglers in the league. Um, and then Hoon, just to give a little bit of a take on Hoon, I'm like, I'm right along with you guys that I don't think Hoon's going to be that good. Um, but he was in the worst situation of like any individual player last year. Like he comes in in summer, he plays a little bit of Academy. Then he goes up to LCS on the worst team in the league just to get dumped on. Um, so it's like Dignitas is like damned if you do damned if you don't there. Cause it's like, if you drop him after last year, then why did you even get him in the first place? Because nobody was going to be successful under those circumstances. So presumably he's here off of whatever hype the Dignitas staff had on him last year. Uh, and if that comes true, then good for them. But uh, I, I'm not going to end up uh, having them any higher than top six, which I think is serviceable, by the way. I think they should, I'm, I'm you know, they're, they're a pretty good top half of the table team at sixth. Thoughts on top one? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, top one is way too high from what I'm expecting from this team. I do love the term gatekeepers because i'm expecting this to fully be bad because i think as layer perfectly pointed out i have four themes that i think define really well what i'm expecting to see on the top four side Biff is the game because i think that they are not going to go over those four teams but they certainly can go over the rest perfectly fine and i think overall they are going to be a pretty consistent team in what i'm expecting from them obviously a couple of players are not probably in the best of situations coming off of last year because they had to jump into a fire that was not going to get stopped at all. And I think that applies obviously for Hoon and XU. I honestly think XU should still be kept in LCS. I don't think that he should be in NACL because I don't think that there's a lot of junglers that I'm convinced, convinced anyway in NA either, in LCS either. So I think that he would have been a good enough addition to a team and he could have developed better there. But overall, I think that this team is going to be fine enough. They could even give the surprise if a lot of things click together. But I feel like fifth is a fair enough spot for them. They are great gatekeepers. And unless something goes horribly wrong, which I honestly wouldn't give it up for Dignitas because it's Dignitas, they should be fifth. In my I, think, I think, I think... You know, it, it, this is my chance to respond, my rebuttal. Uh, and I think you guys bring up a lot of great points and you're all my good friends. I think that when it comes to the idea of a gatekeeping team, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's a player could be a gatekeeper. You know, an individual can be a gatekeeper. When you've got a team of gatekeepers, they could win the whole thing. I, that means that they have the talent to be in tier two, but they might not to have in tier one. I think when you look at a lot of the teams that we've mentioned that are higher, we say, yes, this player has a lot more talent to make it up. But there's always one or two parts of a team that we're like, eh, we're not sure. But, you know, Sniper could really push them ahead. Or, you know, we haven't gotten a TL, but Bradley could really push them ahead. Or, 
Meach. Um, but I think when you look at this team, yes, it's a lot of gatekeepers, but when you put them all together, sure, their ceiling's a lot lower, but they have an incredibly high floor. And I think if they gel as a team, as I think they will, they have the talent to be the best team in Tier 2. Are all of their players going to make it to Tier 1? No, but but I think they have, are the best team in Tier 2. I'm going to say it. Clip that, put it on Twitter. They are the best team in Tier 2 right now. I will. I will do that at some point. Uh, especially if you're right, but maybe oh even if you're wrong. So we can move on from there, though. Uh, let's get into Evil Geniuses Challengers. Now, this one I have as first. This is my favorite team for the split. Okay. Ooh, yeah, that's going to be spicy. I have them at number four, so still not quite cracking that top, top echelon, but I think that four was a good bandwidth from which we were then talking about top competitors. They're definitely firmly in that club. Gordo, number one, baby. That's Let's also go. Challengers, number one. EG for life, baby. Bonfire? Well, they obviously can't be my number one team, so <laughs> they're my number three team. I see them as a third place team. I think this is where people will flame me and contest me a lot because I have them at third. No, I have them third. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't be capable of that, honestly. I like I wouldn't be capable of putting them down below that. I think they have so much to offer. So third is fair enough. Alright. I'm gonna take the lead on yeah, yeah, you should. there. So I'm really excited. I think this team is definitely uh kind of built from the ground up to develop Soul and Shaden in particular. Uh, I think both of these guys were so, so good uh, in their rookie splits last split. And something that I think a lot of folks are going to overlook is, you know, they're going to look at debut year and they're going to say, okay, Sol and Shaden, they're coming into their sophomore year uh, and assume that that, you know, puts them on equal footing with a lot of these guys who played the full year last year, you know, guys like Spyrax, guys like UG. And that's not the case. These guys both only got picked up in summer. They had to play spring split in amateur, and they still, I think, rose to be some of the best players in the league by the end of the split. And now coming into this new environment, along with Ryoma King and Smoothie, who I think have all taken their knocks at the academy level and have proven themselves to be kind of gatekeepers in their own right, to keep using that that word right there. Uh, Ryoma in particular, I think every time Ryoma shows up outside of the LCS level, that guy dominates. You know, people who only watch LCS, people who are coming in here because they need a new league to watch on the weekends, maybe have a, a low opinion on Ryoma because um, of his LCS performances. But the reason he keeps getting those chances is because every time this guy shows up at the academy level, he is one of the best. And when he showed up at the amateur level last year, it was just unfair, man. So I I'm pretty excited to see Ryoma this split. And I think it's it's almost impossible for this team to drop games to some of the weaker mid lane teams for that reason. Ryoma is just going to dumpster fools. I think you I think you did a beautiful job, Gordo, of echoing my sort of theme when it came to uh when it comes to EG challengers. And it's really that I think too many people have that narrow LCS scope mind. At one point you've seen you know, this I believe this entire roster in an LCS scenario, or nearly Not this Shane. entire roster. Not Shaden. So outside of Shaden, but everyone else you've seen at an LCS level and they looked shaky at certain points, right? But when they get down to this NACL level, they're all arguably 
you could argue that a lot of this roster is top three in their lane, at least top five in their lane in my mind. I mean, I definitely think Smoothie's up there with the top five support. I mean, he's peaked at certain heights in LCS. I think he's going to dominate here. I don't need to harp any further on Ryoma like Gordo, Gordo did. He, I think he's just going to absolutely trounce everybody. If you think he's not the best mid laner in the NACL, I think you're very wrong. Uh, and I, I don't. I also, st- I also don't understand how eg <laughs> swapped uh a Sh- shaden in here uh, at all i'm assuming he wanted to leave um to come to eg here that's the only way because i think he's a much bigger upgrade at jungle and then soul i think was thrown into uh, a similar situation it's not as bad with with dignitas when it comes to hoon but i think soul was in a similar spot when he got thrown into the lcs and he performed better than hoon ever did so i think this entire roster has either a player who is top three to top five in their lane or has great potential that I think they will blossom going for further here. And when I was thinking about picking a number one team and I look at the rest of these rosters, I go, okay, where do I, where do I firmly plant a question mark on this lane? Well, where do I firmly put a question mark on this player? I don't have a, a single one for this EG challengers roster in my mind. So I think they will be champions. So I want to follow up on that, on one particular player, which is So, because we already touched on, on the other players. I think So is absolutely idiotic, to put it like that, in lack of a better word, that TSM let him go. And not only that he let them let him go, that they don't kept him in the LCS. Because I feel, like I understand people were kind of down on that. I made a point on this last uh, the moment that he was on the LCS roster, that I think even if he was doing badly, he was better than whatever else TSM could have gotten. And I don't think that he even performed badly. I just think that he was in a situation that it was tough to adapt. But like I was saying, a lot of players, they, like there's a big divide between if they are LCS ready or not. I think that LCS ready is a pretty weird truth term to try and go for because realistically the best situation for you is to just try and get accustomed to playing there you need experience to play there and if you don't get that experience it's never going to go away i understand that he was affected mentally also because of kind of everything that was going around him so i can kind of understand why he decided that it was better although there's a lot of shady things going on that were going on behind that situation but i feel like he is going to do good here with EG. I don't think that they are going to be number one, but I feel like EG is going to perform great. I think Soul will be the best player from that team. And I expect him to be back in LCS soon enough. Because I think that he is not he shouldn't be in Academy in NACL. Like he should be higher than that. I have so much higher expectation for him. Also, a quick thing that I do want to ask because I'm not sure, but he's one of the old older players know, but he's 20 years old, 21 years old, right? I'm it's always been weird because even when he was anime girl it was like his age wasn't like public knowledge like yeah on the wiki i don't know how old he is for sure um but I mean, that's his competitive experience is very limited though he came out of nowhere exactly. at the beginning of 2022 i remember casting like auditions for him and like his first real team was immortals aoe so he's his trajectory has been straight up for sure and that's kind of my well not my biggest fear but one of my fears is that because of the fact that there's still a stigma i could see it also affecting some of the team's perceptions in him if they do know their his actual age but overall i think that he will be the best player from ag yeah tds you're my guy like we are so similar on our beliefs <laughs> um i think soul's going to be the best part of their team 
I think you look at Shaden, and I think you look at King. I don't think we're talking enough about King. Used to be one of the highly touted prospects just in the entire LCS and the um, you know, LCS Academy. People were really high on King. Didn't really perform when he was at Cloud9, and you know, because of that, kind of has fallen in favor. But I still think he's a great player. This is where I get doom and gloom. It's the mid lane. We talked about how important that mid lane is. I'm just going to go and create in complete contention with you guys. I don't like Rioma. I don't think he's very good. I, I really don't. I think he had a perfect opportunity to fill in for Tanner, you know, Demonte when it was on Dignitas. Didn't perform. He's got a very small champ pool, obviously, on those enchanters. You look at his stats, you talk about him being this academy killer. They're not great. They're mediocre at best. And so I think Rioma, I think you look at the eye test, and this is where we disagree. You could watch Rioma and you could think, wow, he did a really good thing. But I think if you look at big picture, I just don't believe in Rioma. I don't buy into the Rioma hype. And I think because of that, we're just going to have different beliefs because of that. Because we can just disagree. Like, disagreeing is fine. We disagree on Rioma. But if you're high on Rioma, it's a first-place team. If you're low on Rioma like I am, I think it's a third-place team. The rest of the team is going to have to fill those gaps. And I think it's up to Rioma to prove me wrong. I think his stats kind of don't give him the best light. Um, I'm not even talking about how I don't believe in Smoothie either uh, a ton. But I think you guys are completely right about Soul, Shaden, and King. And because of that, I see them as a third-place team. And I guess I'll take one step lower down to kind of try to justify why I'm putting them at fourth place. The first thing to kind of start my thoughts off with is we really are kind of fighting over smaller gaps in these top four, top three teams than we were when we were talking about the big contrast between bottom of the provisionals to top of provisionals even. I think that this is going to be a really interesting and really compelling league, partially because I think that there's a lot of stacked rosters here vying for the number one spot. EG, to me, just feels like probably the one with the lowest amount of momentum out of the four that I would really figure as having the possibility of emerging champions. That isn't to say they don't have championship potential, but for me, I look at the team as a whole and there's just a few things that I'm not seeing. And I do want to then further preface this by saying as much as bonfire is using that color caster brain to bring forward analytics, bring forward statistics. I got to talk from the heart, like a play by play, like I truly am and just say, when you look at the kind of intangible side of matchups, when you look at who these players are going to be facing off against, especially between these top teams, I think that there's going to be a little bit of lag time before Soul can really reach the level of Bradley, for instance. And I think Sniper, if they truly carry on the momentum, can actually also contest EG's top laner for that kind of top side spot, even though I think Soul is a fantastic top laner and will be a winning factor versus basically every other team below EG. Jaden, I really don't know a whole lot about, but I like the fact that so many people are up on him. And like I said, being up on junglers right now in this current metagame makes a whole lot of sense to kind of push this team forward. And so therefore, I don't have much issues there. I do see Bonfire's doubts about Ryoma coming through a little bit more as well. I think that their time on 100 Thieves didn't inspire a whole lot of faith in me, but still, they are going to be able to kind of leapfrog over those gatekeeper teams that we were talking about before, like CLD. It's just a matter of bringing the intangibles necessary to really emerge as the champions in the NACL. King Smoothie, a dynamic that I think I really like, will help stabilize the team, but still it's going to be a bot-sup dynamic that I don't think 
allows for the team to hard pivot and in the face of this metagame still carry through those lanes. So the only thing I, I, I want to close out, I think it's a great point to make that we really don't need to argue too much because we are pretty close to each other in the rankings. It's not like we're, this isn't like the Dignitas topic where there's a big range. I, it's not to flame you, Bonfire. There's, <laughs> it's just to show the statistics. There's not like a six, there's not a six level gap here. The biggest gap is what? It's three or two? So, three or two. Yeah. So the, I, the question I want to ask, obviously we all put 100 Thieves Challenger second, which I'm going to infer means we all think they have the potential to win the whole thing. Is this the second team that we all can agree you could see has the ceiling to win the first split? No. <laughs> you you don't think they can win the whole split? No, I do, but they're not my okay. second team. Dignitas is my second team. Yeah. Uh, okay, right, okay. Outside Cloud of Bonfire. I think Cloud Nine's, Cloud Nine's in my top four as well, and in uh, Slayer's top four, so I assume that's true for you as well, that you kind of think they're at least like sort of in the running. I mean, I'm not going to... I th I see it as more of like a real top three than a top four, but you know if we're so if we're calling it a top four, I think C nine challengers is in there. Yeah, I personally think my top my four top teams uh, I could all have the potential to win it. So I was just curious what everyone thinks. So that includes a hundred thieves and cloud nine along with EG. Let's move on or back to the provisional teams here with Cincinnati Fear. Uh, we'll see if we end up with some differences of opinion on this roster. Uh, I have them at 13th. I dropped them all the way to 16. They are my 16th team as well. They are my 16th team. Hey, I'm going to be a little bit more happier than 15. <laughs> <laughs> because you really made them high. Yeah, I guess I'm the Cincinnati fear rep here. I did not expect that. Um, yeah, I come in. I think a lot of this uh, comes off of being excited for Perry. Uh, I, I share a lot of the opinions you guys have expressed about uh, jungler being really important as a position this year, uh, and I think Perry, you know, really proved himself this uh, past year, uh, subbing into Dignitas. You know, getting thrown into an unfortunate situation as many of the Dignitas players were, as uh, River got traded, XU got moved up, and Perry had to get yanked out of amateur to play his very first Academy games, uh, and I, I think he really made the most of that situation. He was able to make a run all the way to Proving Grounds Finals with that team. Yeah, a lot of, uh, he doesn't have any of those teammates with him now, but I think that same kind of uh, quick adaptation to the Tier 2 environment uh, will stick with him here. I think he, you know, comes in now with the most experience experience of anybody on this Cincinnati Fear roster, and I think he's going to be able to lead them to a few victories, uh, which is where I end up peaking them at about 13th. Uh, other players to watch for me, uh, I think Trevor uh, and Minwi as a bot lane are going to be fun to keep an eye on. I think Trevor, uh, if you don't know, formerly known as King, formerly known as Roy, he's name changed quite a few times, but he's an amateur staple who I'm happy to see finally get a chance, um, and you know, fresh off a win in UPL fall, and uh, with a relatively inexperienced AD carry in Minwi, he's had uh, a lot of success bringing up some younger AD carries under his wing in recent years, uh, namely Meech and Array, uh, who had made up that jump to NACL before, leaving him behind, having him up at this level with another AD carry under his wing. I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to be able to do. Um, yeah, so I think what it comes down to is I was talking about provisional teams earlier, and they really need things to go their way for them to make a dent in this league. 
And Cincinnati fear is just already starting with a dumpster fire in the whole coaching situation. You've got a lot of these rookies and you've got a lot of these players that are in a tough situation. They're already making a jump. I'm sure nerves are something and you need that coach. You need that team to really give you, you know, say, calm down. It's okay. Just play your best league. I think that they have potential. You talked about it perfectly. A lot of these players have potential, but they're just in the worst possible situation. And I think what, probably is going to happen is a lot of these players are going to perform okay and then Cincinnati fear is not going to do well and then they're going to find their way into an NACL team in the future I don't think it's talent that's the issue but if you don't have a good team environment I'm just not going to believe in you and Cincinnati fear is really easy pickings I mean it's low-hanging fruit and uh, I think 16th I think I really do think that they just don't have a great environment I hate to say this but you know, because of Slayer, but look at TSM, you know, the, in the LCS, just didn't have a good team environment. They had good players, good talent, but if you don't have the backing of the rest of the team, it just can be impossible to play your best league. Still won more uh, regional championships than TL, by the way. Sorry, sorry. I get <laughs> what was it? I didn't hear that. What was it? Yeah, sidetrack me. I actually do. I, I think you brought up a, my entire point. Uh, Bonfire alluded to it. Is um, uh, this has nothing to do with the players? I just think this is like the worst, the most disastrous way. Like it's like it's like a car crash that just piled up. Like another car didn't see it coming and hit the car crash again and made like a complete wreck. Is right off the bat, right? <laughs> the the community is like, how did Cincinnati fear get this spot? Like like as an org, a lot of people were like, okay a lot of people were hyped for a lot of these amateur teams like oh my god there's so many good ones that deserve this spot and then they they put out Cincinnati fear and ha a bunch of the community goes uh why are they here and they're completely confused so right off the bat not a great start and then we have this entire coaching situation which looks terrible off the bat I think environment like bonfire highlighted plays a huge huge role in how teams perform especially in you know in professional league of legends compared to a lot of competitive events, even from sports, anything you can think of, I think League of Legends, it plays a huge factor. And I will say it is nice to, to I, I, I'm a little bit higher in my head, I guess, hearing what Gordo highlighted. Um, I, I wasn't that well-versed in Perry. Uh, and now hearing what Gordo had to say, I, I do have, you know, a little more hope for the players of this team. I want to make sure to emphasize that I don't, none of my fears around this team really come down to the players right now. It's just everything around them. So I'm glad to hear the Perry's here uh, on top, you know, on top of guys like Trevor as well. Um, but I just, I just think this is like a bunch of dark clouds around this team right off the bat. And I, I just don't see them coming out the gate real strong. And um, yeah, it's low hanging fruit, I guess for me to put they're living up to their name. They're living up to their name. Aren't they? they scare me. They scare me. Yeah. It's a lot of fear that they are bringing up here. And I'm, Obviously, the coaching situation, a lot of, of issues with that. Not only adding to the fact that, honestly, anyone is in danger in that roster. Like, yeah, they got rid of the of the coach, but what gives that if they lose out on their first three matches, they just get rid of, th of three players and try and replace them on that and try to salvage something from that situation. So it just doesn't give a good indication that something fine will come from Cincinnati. And then I'll add on top of that, because I do think that or, or at least in my eyes, I don't have that much trust in the players either. I don't think they're bad players. I think they're a, a team that can have interesting opportunities to showcase themselves. But just like with CLG Faith, I don't think that even if you have a stellar jungler, if you don't have laners to follow you up on that, you can execute. And 
they are above of COG faith, but I don't think their laners are going to be that high up either in my eyes, even though I don't think that they are necessarily the worst of the laners. So it's a tough situation for Cincinnati Fear. I think they are, there's a lot of things that are combining together and I have absolutely no expectations for them. And I think, I actually think this is a good opportunity for a hot take. I don't think, or unless this is not how it works, I think that they may be out for next split if things continue like this, in the sense that they are just, like they, Riot decides that they are not a partner they want to keep up with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's up to Riot. I think they would need to be, they would need to lose relegation to oh, okay. the amateur teams coming up to promote. But that's definitely on the table for that. Yeah. I, I, we're really getting a lot of teams. We're really getting four teams. For me, kind of coming through as someone who also had Cincinnati Fear as the bottom team in their power rankings, I want to first just actually push back a little bit about this idea of team environment and about the coach issue really kind of defining how the team will perform for me. It's good that we're calling this out. I think it's BS the way that Cincinnati fear handled moving Pukar away, putting them basically in contact jail and knocking them out way too far for them to be able to find another team. That is all terrible, but also recognize that until this point, we really have not been talking about the coaches for any of these teams so far. Coaching is very important, but at the end of the day, I don't think that coaching is going to define performance. I think that, yes, this sets a bad precedent for Cincinnati Fears overall interaction with the public, with the org itself, but... I do think that my bottom ranking comes less from that side of things with Pukar and more from the fact that I really don't have a whole lot of faith in any of these players either. And I know I wrote in the doc that I was somewhat excited for Faisal. I don't remember when I wrote that or what hour of the night I did, but going back through looking at the footage that I have, um, Faisal just doesn't feel like a top laner that will be able to propel Cincinnati fear out of a, tier in which they fear relegation where they are going to be one of those players kind of contesting at this bottom side um minui is another player that i just haven't been impressed by seeing their performance in upl didn't give me a lot of faith overall and while definitely i think gordo is making a compelling case for perry and this is also someone who like slayer i didn't know too much about i do think that overall the fear just read to me as a team that doesn't have a lot of identity outside of the social media drama surrounding them. And that is never a really good sign because I don't have a lot in the way of strong rebuttals to launch them out of that 16th position. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll see as we get further in. Uh, I, I think I, it comes down to also, I think I have strong reasons to put the three teams below fear that I have below. So, you know, they may get be getting brought up by the rising tide a little bit there. Um, but yeah, I think you guys make good points. I do have concerns at the solo lanes in particular, you know, Faisal in particular really strikes me as kind of a Gamsu light type player. I feel like he has never really shown me that like solo carry X factor potential, at least not in uh, a lot of games and not against higher tiers of competition. So we will see, uh, how they're able to perform, but, uh, I, I just end up lower on quite a few other teams, but Good conversations overall. Let's get back into the permanent member teams and uh, hop over to FlyQuest Challengers. I have this team at third. This is my my next contender. FlyQuest was one of the teams that I ranked last, not in terms of where they were placed, but in terms of where I had to decide for them to go. Eventually, I settled on putting them at seventh. I also ended up settling them at seventh. 
Wow, I'm with uh, Gordo. I have him at fourth. Damn, okay. I, I like this. This is the first one we're going to disagree really heavily because I have them at 13th. Wow. Wow. Yep. Ten that, spots. That, I, I love that reaction. All right. Gordo, a proposal here really quick. This is such a big divergence. I think we flipped the script. Top supporter doesn't go for us. TDS, I need to put you yeah, on the stand. TDS, come I on agree. here. That's okay, so that's crazy. Great. You, you tell us how, why you hate FlyQuest so much. So... <laughs> So first of all, they got Papa Smoothie. I'm already disliking that team. No, but really, <laughs> in, in all honesty, in all honesty here. So FlyQuest is one of those teams that I hate to be doing this because the more I looked at the other teams, the more I have better expectations from them. Like, I don't think they necessarily got the wrong mix of players. I just think that we're maybe overhyping them in a sense that probably will not deliver at the end because i think i have but i i have more according expectations with the other teams than what i have with flyquest and i think a lot of that has to do with players that a lot of the names are a little bit more known or at, a lot of the names are known or present in the in the academy slash uh, amateur scene and they have delivered good things but i feel like this is going to be enough split for this team for a um, for the combination of players like, I don't expect a lot from them. I don't think that they are going to deliver a lot in this situation. And I think that probably will crash and burn, to say it like that. Like, I actually have more expectation on their affiliate team, on their leader brother team, than on them, if I'm honest. Wow. Oh, yeah, I'm going to end up disagreeing on that part as well. But yeah, yeah. just to get in here and uh, represent FlyQuest a little bit, bring us back towards, I think, where the majority is. Yeah, I, I think this roster comes in pretty solid all around. They are very young. I will uh, definitely give you that. They're all relatively inexperienced. You know, Masu, for a while on this document, was uh, being listed as the least competitively experienced player in CL, and uh, never mind, Lunasia had to knock him out of that spot. Huh. But uh, I, I think the real highlight for this team is Yuji and Spyrax. I think these guys, from spring to summer last year, going from their first to second split together as a duo really improved at that mid-season mark uh and a similar jump in their third split as a duo could very easily land them as the best mid jungle duo in the league um i think they've been developing very nicely thus far and if they keep that trajectory it's going to be huge for them and then philip as well i just i can't imagine this guy coming back down to academy and not looking better he left academy it kind of mid-tier, you know, I think a lot of people were tempering expectations of him coming into LCS, and then he surpassed those expectations, uh, and, you know, now after a full split of playing against LCS competition, you gotta believe that he's gonna come back and look quite a bit better, uh, given that exposure, so I'm pretty excited for their top side all around, you know, I think Masu and Winsome are kind of question marks a little bit, but, you know, I, I think uh, that they'll come in and uh, be serviceable at the academy level, and that's where I end up with them at third. Yeah, I'm going to kind of echo a lot of that, and um, I'm actually going to disagree with Winsome. I, I have high hopes for Winsome. I think Winsome had really high expectations on Cloud9, and I think the situation just didn't really fit him super well, but he definitely had the talent. Um, and this is really his team. I think people are going to see this as, oh, Winsome and the boys, you know, Winsome kind of leading this team. And so I think this is a much stronger position for him to showcase his talent. And then I think the other big part of why they're so high for me at fourth is I'm going to just completely agree with you. I think Philip 
is going to be a breakout. We talk about the top lane kind of having that drop. I think Philip is one of the best top laners in the league alongside Bradley and obviously um, alongside Sniper. And I just think I'm, I'm a big Philip uh, believer. And I think at only age 20, I think people, people start to think like, oh, he's been in the LCS. What is he, like 23? He's 20. He got the start super young. He did look good in the LCS, but just not good enough. But at such a young age, all of those experiences are so important. I do think he could be a superstar in the LCS if this goes right for him. Um, he just has so much more time to develop and... I think people really are ignoring his age because they think of him as an older player, but he's so young. He did look good in the LCS, just not nearly good enough. I'm a big Phillip believer, and I think that this team could surpass a lot of expectations. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm kind of rooted in the, the middle ground. I, I feel like I'm kind of watching t uh, my, two of my friends fight uh, between TDS and and, uh, and Gordo and Bonfire. Uh, so I, I definitely do echo a lot of what you guys said uh, with bonfire I, I really like winsome a lot um i think he's part of the reason that, that he's propelled up here for me i think when you're talking about you know obviously it's a weird dichotomy with the nacl right because you want to obviously veteran presence is a big factor in any team environment but this is also a league that is really rooted in taking potential and seeing where it can go, right? So you, you want to have a mix of young guys, but I also still will always love a wiry veteran in here, and I think Winsome fits that mold uh, ten, you know, 11 times out of 10. So that's why I have them 7th. I definitely do have concerns, uh, the same ones voiced uh, with, that Gordo put very you know, hilariously in the notes, and he also said about the AD carry pick. I don't know how uh, Masu will really match up. Uh, I, I think that there are some provisional teams that <laughs> will have 80 carries that outperform him, uh, and that's a fear for me. And I also, you know, I like the, the mid-jungle combination. I think, you know, Gordon did a good job highlighting that as a duo, they've made a lot of improvements. I think they'll make a lot of improvements. For me, it's just comparing them to the other mid-jungle duos that I have sitting around them right now, and I, I won't give away... I, I won't give away too many of them because I think we seldom talk about these teams, but stacking them up against those other ones I see around, you know, your sixth, your fifth spot. Um, obviously, I don't think this team is one of those upper four that I talked about earlier. I don't think they stack up well enough. So I, I do buy the hype in the top lane. On the, bolt, the, on the depth chart, I love the hype on the top on the top and the bottom level of this team. I, I, I love to see – I can't wait to see Phillip perform with Fly Challengers. I think Winsome is going to really root this team as a veteran. The middle is where I'm worried, and that's why I have them as that a little bit above middle of the pack team. And as someone kind of echoing Slayer's positioning of Fly Challengers, there's a lot to still like about this team, and I'm not going to say that they have any huge gaping holes that are very apparent coming right out the gate. I will say they do have unknown quantities, and those are quantities that, at least in my reading and my predictions, I'm not too feeling too excited about. I think that having Winsome as a veteran bot side is really going to help Masu, but at the same time, Winsome is still playing support at the end of the day in a meta where I don't think supports dictate a whole lot of that early game. I think that the real focus is going to be on Yuji in continuity with Philip and Spyrax. Spyrax, you know, I'm pretty middle of the road on as a mid laner. They're not someone that really stands out to me. But Philip topside is probably one of the things I'm more down on compared to other people in this podcast. I think that from what I saw in their performance with FlyQuest proper, they were making 
seeing a lot of mistakes that just didn't sit right with me. However, this does lead to, I think, a really big tension that comes from looking at some of these more enfranchised players in the continuity of the NACL, because, yes, these are issues these are mistakes that are clearly apparent in their game from a platonic level but i don't know how they're going to be punished i don't know how these players are going to develop in this system and so for me perhaps i may have ranked them a little bit too lower especially coming off of pretty convincing arguments i think from goro and bonfire tds i'm sorry but i'm not buying 13th here at all for flight <laughs> challengers um but overall for me because of these tensions in my mind, I am keeping them about middle of the pack. So to end it, to end it on that note, because I'm glad that you're not on their side either, on the sense that I, to me, the biggest two, the biggest things that make me think that this team is not going to be that wow, and honestly, that make me completely track from going into the hype with FlyQuest is top lane and support. I actually have not a lot of expectations for either of them. I don't think Philip, Philip is necessarily bad, but I don't think he delivered anything surprising when he with his time in LCS. I think that his the the moment that he was starter on the LCS was kind of weird. Then he didn't really deliver anything else from his predecessor, which if I'm not wrong was Kumo, and then just kind of went back down onto the academy level. I don't think he's necessarily going to struggle that much, but I don't think that he's going to do much either. And I feel like. With a team that has these sort of expectations, like uh, uh, you guys are pointing out, I'm feeling really even on, on if they really deserve to be that high. And then Winston, I have no expectations him. I think he didn't perform here. I think he barely performed on EU side. And then I don't think that he's going to deliver that much here. So I, I'm really down on them. But it's going to be on the future to decide if I'm right or not. I look forward to dogging on you for the entirety of the season. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be my, my mark if I'm wrong. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, where I end up, you know, I think my question to that would be, like, where, you know, if you fill up kind of lower, you know, where do you have the likes of, you know, Gamsu and Hoon and Soul? Because I think all of those guys subbed into LCS last year as well and ended up looking, I would say, much worse than Philip. So I, I kind of have to have them... Uh, you know, quite a Should I give him like here or wait for their team because uh, like I mean, wait just kind of at a at a higher level, you know. If if you think some so, of those guys are better than Philip, you could say so. I think Soul is better. I I, I, I will do. straight up say that. I think Soul is better, and I feel like I'm, I was saying I feel he should be on LCS. I don't think that he should still be uh, that he should he should have come back to Academy. And then I think Gamsu, even though he probably doesn't have a higher ceiling anymore because he's a returning player and he has had a lot of experience. I think that he's pretty similar in a lot of senses, and I trust more a rock than someone that has the potential to be something else, but also doesn't deliver in that. So I'm just more on the side that I'd rather have a Gamsu that will not disappoint in what he brings because it's consistent enough than someone that maybe this, but it's not the but it's this instead. And sometimes it's this. So that that's why I don't have that much faith in Philip. All right. Well, it'll be fun to see. It'll be fun to dog on TDS every time. <laughs> That's going to be pretty often, uh, according to my books. But moving on here, let's get into the other FlyQuest roster. Fly fam. I, uh, I'm i going to get some haters here. I have them at 15th. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, you're not getting too much hate out of me. I'm putting them at 14th, so we're only one space off. I've now broken up with Gordo, and I am now mirroring Narco. So I also have him at 14th, so you're not going to get much hate from me either. <laughs> Narco Slayer, I've long said that you guys are my favorites. I also have them at 14th. <laughs> and it's all good because I also have them at 14th. Uh, that's why i say they're going to be underperforming compared to their little brothers because i think that this would be a good performance by fly eight i thought you were gonna put them above i thought you were gonna put fly <laughs> fam above fly challengers and i was no i'm not no i wouldn't go that far like expectation wise i think this is good enough all right go ahead tds t hype us up on a fly quest team turn it around so I think it's a pretty contra. It's a contrast towards what Fly uh, Challengers has because I do think that there's a players that do have some experience that do know certain things. I think Soligo, one of the main parts that you would be looking at with the roster. Uh, wait, sorry, I'm blanking on on what they were doing. Eighteen and Sword is what it's what I was thinking of because of a returning player. I was thinking of Sword and Instinct and Sword are two players that I think are going to perform well enough. I feel like they are good players to base your team on because they are not going to disappoint in what they would bring particularly i'm really high on sword because i think that he has been really good on that transition towards support and i feel like he deserves to have better chances compared to just being the third support in the organization is that how it's it's ranked right like yeah because yeah. it's main team, second team, and the, okay, so yeah, third support of the organization. I think that he deserves to have better opportunities than that. And then the players that will try and bring that kind of jump flair may be spicy enough to surprise. Like I was comparing with with FlyQuest in the sense that, well, with FlyQuest challengers in the sense that they have players that maybe can deliver well enough or the expectations are really high, but I don't expect that. I think that this team has really low expectations compared to that. And I think that they have players that with popping up once or twice, they can go higher than that expectation. Yeah, I think I probably end up agreeing with you guys on Instinct and Sword. I think Instinct and Sword both look pretty good. Uh, and they're, you know, my favorite players on this team. Sword in particular, I think has looked quite good following his role swap to support. Um, it's the rest of the squad where I really have some issues. Uh, I think Blaze has tended to underwhelm me even at the amateur level uh i would say the same with goo i think of the of the hundred thieves next junglers where you know hundred thieves next has produced some banger junglers over their few years of existence i think goo is pretty low on that tier list and hasn't uh hasn't blown me away before and i know nobody here has watched lunasia play any games so it's uh you know, I, I just have to come in low on on them. Uh, you know, players that haven't really played amateur uh, and that are, haven't really gotten a lot of games in on amateur, I'm just going to be naturally pretty low on. And Lunasia is uh, definitely going to be towards the bottom of that barrel in that department. So we'll see. I do think it's fun that uh, Papa Smithy uh, left 100 Thieves and has just rebuilt 100 Thieves next uh, using... Uh, five players who all played on Hunter Thieves Next at some point uh, or another. But, uh, you know, uh, still, I I'm going to end up low on the team for that reason. The shameless poaching of Papa Smithy. It it's <laughs> glorious to see. Well, I'm going to combine, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I'm going to combine some logics that we already utilized <clears throat> for 
uh, we've been kind of creating as themes from a couple of the guys on this podcast because I love your guys' lovely logic. So the logic that uh, bottom lane is not going to be the strongest lane, even if you're pretty strong there, it can waver compared to having a strength, strong mid laner or strength, strong top laner. So the reason why I have the, the, the fly fam up here is the same reasons that's already been highlighted. I think instincts is sort of the strength of this team. Problem is, I think they're hindered in bot lane in the current meta. And then I'm going to use the logic that was utilized for the CLG faith haters that uh, there's just not uh, maybe a little bit higher here on on Goo. I think he can step up in the fly system, but man, does does he have no help from his solo lanes in my mind here? So that's why I have them at 14. Yeah, I think um, you know I think you always think of as uh, any press is good press, bad press is good press. I think that there's no press on this team. I don't think there's really any hype. I don't think there's any negatives. They're not getting the Cincinnati fear treatment, so they're not last, but they also don't have any big heavy hitters. And so they're just kind of a mad team for me. I mean, I'll be upfront. I know probably this is the team I know the least about, but I think that really speaks to the team. If nobody's sticking out in good or bad, you're just going to probably not get that much attention uh, in my eyes. And because of that, I just went for a safe 14th. I think that they're not going to be the worst team, but by no means I think they're going to be competitive. So I think 14th is a fair rating. I think 14th, it kind of being the general bar that we're coming to as a majority, makes sense for FlyFam. But I think that because we are very close on our ranking for this one, we got to look at teams kind of directly above, directly below them in a way. And I think that for me, when it comes to this very near the bottom of especially the provisional teams, the reason why I'm putting FlyFam at 14th is that comparatively speaking, I think that they have the ability to surprise in ways that wildcard gaming doesn't. Moose Hater, for instance, top lane, I think was a good performer for that team. And we'll get into them a little bit more once we actually touch upon wildcard gaming all the way at the very end of our broadcast here. But for me, Lunasia being an unknown kind of component of the team to me speaks that, hey, maybe Goo will have a little bit of support up there. Maybe this is a player that will actually break out. And from there, a good top jungle continuity, I think, can do a whole lot. And given that also they have instinct and sword two very stable players i think that makes them not touch the very bottom but i don't really see fly fam exploding really high up my rankings i just think that there's a firm argument for them to be above at least one or two teams all right well with that let's move back on to the challenger rosters we can chat about golden guardians challengers i have this squad at eighth and where do I have them? I have Golden Guardians Challengers actually pretty darn low. This is going to be the one that I had AoE vaulting over. I'm putting them at 11th. Ooh. Yeah, I'm. Uh, here comes my uh, negative hot take. I have them at 13th. I thought I was going to have them lowest. I had them at 12th. Okay. I have them on the other side, 4th. This is my 4th team. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think TDS has kicked us off. Yeah, yeah. Ahead, <laughs> that's great to me because, like this team, I I will preface this because I don't dislike seeing my biases. I have a small bias on this team, and it comes from the AD carry because I think Array is great AD carry. I think it's one of the better AD carries that is in the NACL. I think that if he performs well enough here, he should move up because I think that he's amazing. But the thing that I'm interesting here is that I'm excited to see Young because I don't think that he gets enough 
hype or at least enough like talk around him. I think that Jong is a really good mid laner in and of itself. And the team around him is not a re a, a bad team to play around. Like I think some of these players have delivered individually in other instances. Like they can be quite good when you think about it. And I'm surprised that Rose that Rose Thorn wasn't looked more from other teams because I don't think that Rose Thorn is a bad jungler. I do think that he doesn't perform like the best, best junglers, but he will always be there to suffice the need of the team. And I think that that for a team around fourth place is good enough. I don't think that they are candidates to win it all, but I at least think that they are better than a lot of the other teams. And I'm really hyped, like I was saying, on Array. I think Array is going to perform so well this split. I'm assuming I should go next as the the, uh, the 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 bottom of the barrel here at 13th. Um, honestly, a part of me when it comes to to making these lists, uh, I, I just well, I think we all had in the back of our mind, okay, we got to put one, we have to put at least one challenger team below the provisional teams, right? So I, I honestly landed on Golden Guardians. It's a couple of factors for me. I, I think this organization's had a lot of trouble when it comes to developing talent, mainly because oh, I don't know, they like to stub in coaches and do crazy cra crazy crap when they're in academies. So I'm a little wary of that. I do, I do follow the logic. The 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 one bright spot I think could prove me wrong, and I think TDS highlighted is I think Array is the superstar of this team. I think if Array performs to the 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 ceiling that I think even I have on him, he will uh, trounce me and make me look very very silly. And I'm I'm willing to take that gamble. My problem with Array is, and this is coming from an eighty carry player, I don't think eighty carry is strong enough in this current meta. To support a team in the in a challenger league, so uh, that's where a lot of my you know hype is sort of capped off at. I think Rose Thorn is you know I think I may be a little bit lower on a guy like Rose Thorn, and I also just think you know Young is what his name says he's, he's a young guy stepping up into the spot in org that I'm not confident can prop up young guys like I am with Hundred Thieves with a guy like Sniper, and I just think the similar logic of. I really can't trust these lanes as much as some of the teams I have above them. And I like the potential of the couple teams that I have above them, guys like CLG Faith, which I put at 11th, and AOE Sports that I put at 10th. Yeah, uh, Slayer, I'm actually agreeing with you quite a lot here. And I I'm just going to go back to what I you know, go back to quite a bit, which is statistics. This team is a statistical nightmare. If you follow statistics... Almost every player on this team is negative in every category, which makes me so nervous because normally a lot of players will have their stats propped up because they were on a super team or because, you know, they played in a lower level and they were just stopping players who weren't as good. A lot of these players are getting, this is their first big opportunity and they're still not performing in the lower competition. Almost, like I said, almost every single player is negative at 15. Even Array, who I think we're all kind of hyped about, and I still think is the superstar of this team. If you look at his stats, he's negative in terms of goal difference at 15, XP difference at 15. He's just not there statistical-wise. Prismal, not great. A very good Tom Kench player is his one saving trait, in my opinion. But again, stats don't really support him. And then Concept and Rose Thorn are the real negatives. Concept, statistically, when I was doing research about every single team, was by far and away the worst statistically performing player in the league. And I understand statistics aren't everything, but they do tell a story. And so big worry there. And then when you look at Rose Thorn, his statistics are the best on the team, except for he's played, I think, I want to remember what it was. I think he's played Viego 10 times, and he doesn't have a champion more than two times other than that. So if he gets his Viego banned out, yikes. And so 
I think as a whole, this team makes me incredibly nervous. I think I was being generous by putting them at 12. I see very poor showings from them. Yeah, so I, I guess I end up having to talk people up on Golden Guardians as I'm the second highest here by like a pretty solid margin at eighth. Um, I So first of all, in response to this, the, the performances last year, I think you have to give uh, Concept, Array, and Prismal uh, a pass on last year. I think this team was a disaster. This team was incredibly poorly managed. They had to cycle through a bunch of different mid laners. They had, uh, this team cannot stop putting their coaches in as players. Man. It <laughs> happened with Stixay. It happened with Acadian. It happened with Choose subbing in at mid lane for a bunch of last year, uh, who, by the way, is not, not at academy level these days. I don't think he would think that he is, but certainly wasn't during his time here they had to swap between leader and a blaze olive they sold chime mid-season and then had to bench their supports to bring in prismal because they ended up needing a north american support again and they couldn't drop ole down to academy it's all just been a complete mess last year and i'm really kind of just willing to give them the full pass um based on how that ended up going uh, and then, you know, Rose Thorn and Young, I think they're solid. I liked what I saw from them last year, similarly to TDS. I think I'm just a little lower on them, uh, and that's probably where I end up being quite a bit lower on my rankings. I'm lower on Array as well. Um, I do think Concept and Prismal are the players I'm looking at to, to potentially break out here. Um, Prismal was fresh off a roll swap last split, uh, and now I, I think could really uh, make a big jump this year on uh on this new environment uh and concept you know he looked good at his rookie split in spring i think he looked worse the next split while coming into a dumpster fire golden guardians team and uh you know i hope he kind of looks more like spring this time around is this guy's got a crazy champion pool which is a rare and good trait if you can get there on your fundamentals um so i hope to see concept get there and i want to see more ergot out of him and I guess bouncing back down to someone with a pretty low opinion of this team, the problem for me that I have is, to a degree, we have known quantities there with Concept Array and Prismal. And while Gordo, I do like how you articulate it as giving them a pass given how much of a mess Golden Guardians Academy were last split. To me, it does kind of hammer home that individual performances are not really going to be GG's strong suit. And given that they're in a rebuild period trying to recover from all of that, you know, turmoil from beforehand, I'm not seeing them structurally coming together as a cohesive whole, especially early on in the NACL either. For me, I think that for once, I'm actually going to go over to Bonfire side and point to those statistics uh, and say, yeah, you know, you make a good point there. Unfortunately, yeah. we're in a carry meta, and this is not the kind of top laner that I think GG need if they want to stabilize and, you know, play with the big boys. Unfortunately, Rose Thorn being a Viego one trick is also a little bit of a worry. We've already talked about how that's a concern in the past with other teams. And so bringing someone so limited into a meta that is going to focus really highly around jungle tempo early getting these carries ahead i think is something that stands as problematic for me array and prismal i think will be fine array i have a few doubts about i think that overall they were not the best producers during academy times but you know i was also de-emphasizing this lane beforehand so i will have to continue to do so here but 
I guess part of me is driven by that bias that Slayer touched upon earlier. I don't necessarily want to see any team collapse, but I do want to see some of these provisional teams overperform. And I think that one of the teams they are going to pull vault over to get to that place where I'm saying, yes, some of these teams are overperforming is by beating Golden Guardians. They are really the bottom side gatekeeper in the same way that, say, CLG is a top side gatekeeper. I think it's a beautiful way to fish it off. It's like, obviously, if you have one gate, right, it, it leads into somewhere, so there has to be another gate to go out, right? So gates We can use sides. the same gate for both, but I do like the point. <laughs> well, I'll pretend it's a path, like it's a, na- it's a nature path. Same there we go. Side. Uh, the only thing I really want to quickly say, and this will become prevalent as we go week by week, I, I, I love history, um, so I root lo- some of my logic in history. So where Gordo says he gives them a pass, which which oh, the players deserve for last year or Golden Guardians, I still look back there and see, oh, God, what have I seen that can tell me this is going to be different, right? So the, the pass certainly should be given for the players, but I worry that Golden Guardians as an organization historically doesn't really tell me that it's going to change. It, it will get better than last year. I don't think you get worse than last year, but <laughs> how much better? I will also, I just want to say on the Viego point uh, for Rose Thorn there, like, you know, is is Rose Thorn really a Viego one trick or is he a good Viego player who nobody banned Viego against? Because against that CLG roster that he's a part of, you know, you you had to ban like Zary Caitlin against Meech. You had to ban like Gwen Jace against Jenkins. You had to ban like Talia TF against Triple. Like there were other threats on that team and, you know, the the you never trickled over to banning Viego up against Rose Thorn, and so he got to pick it every game. I, I don't know that that necessarily means he's limited. Uh, he just had a lot of opportunities to go for it. And I want to touch on the fa- on the fact that we're also giving or we were talking on giving passes because I feel if I'm not wrong, I think uh, GG is one of the teams that kept most of their team. If I'm not wrong, like three players from their previous team. It's more than most of the teams are keeping, if I'm not wrong, like comparing to other rosters, I think a lot of them went for uh, different pieces to try and build themselves up. So this is probably going to be one of the better cohesive teams or better teams cohesion-wise because they don't have to change a lot of things. Now, obviously, jungler is one of the spots that is changed and that may affect how a lot of it works out. But if you don't have to change a lot of pieces, then it may not need to change a lot of things to work out. And just quickly to point out with the GG, yes, they are historically one of those organizations that have off years, but off years in positive sides because they have like three bad years and then one good and a good one in between. So this may be that good one in between. This is the good one. You love those 25% hit rates. That's what you want (laughs) in your competitive organizations. Um, well, I think that uh, actually, uh, unfortunately, is going to be the last team that I get to talk about. I got to dip out, but I will be here for future episodes. So I- I'm very happy, you know, that I'll be a part of it. I, I shot my team rankings over uh, to everyone else. And so you guys can follow along. And, you know, at the end of the time, you can be like, oh, yeah, Bonfire was right about everything. Or you can, you know, flame me about how wrong I was. Um, but I, I do want to thank you for listening in. And uh, I know the rest of the guys will keep you safe and true with all of their predictions. If you do want to follow me on social media, uh, just for hot takes and stuff like this, I'll be watching along. Um, Twitter, LJ Vogel too. Give me a follow. We can talk about Academy or really anything. And uh, yeah, make sure to tune into uh, to, to my streams. Uh, I'm with these guys quite a bit in the amateur leagues. And 
uh, we have a lot of fun. I think it's a really good time. So, gentlemen, thanks for having me on. I'm excited for future weeks when we get to talk about these, and uh, I'll be here soon enough. So appreciate it, and I'll talk to you all later. Thank you very much there, Bonfire, as uh, I think we're going to get that Discord uh, disconnect sound effect come through on the podcast, too. So that'll be fun. <laughs> Everybody knows exactly the moment where Bonfire left. So thank you very much to his time there unfortunately you know this is a long podcast and scheduling's tough so we'll we'll finish this one out with four and we'll keep uh we'll we'll read off bonfires rankings as we go so let's move on to immortals challengers i have this team at seventh i have this team at ninth i also have this team at ninth and i'll read bonfires out since he went after me um so i have them at ninth i am once again with uh, narco so i guess i'm just switching people that i'm parroting i that's that's not fun but uh bonfire uh has them i believe i'm actually have to count they're also <laughs> at nine. Oh, he's also at nine okay oh you you oh, saved me that okay so yeah he's also mirroring us so a bunch of nines i was so excited to talk shit on bonfire but he's got the same ranks as half of us <laughs> it's okay i'll make arguments about statistics in a silly dismissive voice <laughs> everything works out perfectly at the end so i'm 10 i have them at 10 just a little bit below, but higher than FlyQuest, so that's good. All right. I, I guess I'm the highest yeah, on you're, Immortals you're the highest. Challengers. Again, all right. Um, yeah, so I think uh, what this is probably going to come down to is that uh, I assume you guys are going to be hating on ADD and Balulu, um, which I will a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm not... Super excited to see more imports come into the Academy League on, like, a philosophical level. Um, and I do think it's probably worth noting that uh, they have an import slot open on their main roster. So it does, uh, it, it seems to me like uh, these guys are here to really challenge Revenge and a Blaze Olive for a starting spot. Uh, that hasn't factored into my rank, uh, power rankings too much. But I think that context, uh, I, I think, should mean on paper that ADD and Belulu aren't, like, here to phone it in. I think they, they kind of have this built-in um, incentive to where if they can perform the way that they have in, in the minor leagues they've played in previously, you know, where they've been some of the best players in those leagues, if they can perform at that level in NA Academy, there's an NALCS spot available for them to move up into on a team that I suspect will be very bad in the LCS. So a big opportunity there uh, if they could show those performances. Uh, as for the rest of the roster, I think Chad and Joey have been very solid throughout their tenures in Academy. Uh, and Wixie in particular is a guy that I really have my eye on. He lost his Academy job after spring last split, and he fought back hard. And I really like to see that kind of drive out of these players. His run with uh, AOE Ginger Turmeric was very, very good, very, very impressive, and has earned him this spot back at Academy. And I'd love to see him pull like a Dokla and just keep it going, you know, look better than he ever did in previous Academy stints. And that's exactly the point where I'm going to grab on because I feel like this team is going to 100% be carried out by Wixie and by Chad. Like, they're going to grab this corpse of a team and just try and keep it as high as possible with everything that they have in power. I think these are the two best players from this team, clearly. I think that they are going to try and perform as best as, as, best as possible because even though there's other positions that could be filled, IMT, I think IMTL in LCS can be replaceable. Like, every player feels replaceable, and I think that whoever can perform to a high, well enough manner can be can just take the spot from the LCS players. So I, I wouldn't give it up if they perform well enough to 
just take the spot of someone else in the in the IMTLCS team. The thing that makes me really, really worried and why I say that it's going to be those two players, particularly carrying the team from IMT, is that obviously Bolulu and Joey is something that I don't particularly dislike, but also don't have high hopes for. But here's the thing. I have, I'm so down on ADD that I believe that he could be fighting for worse top laner in MACL. And this comes from the fact that I, like I do watch Latin League because I am from Latin, Latin America. I, I watch their league consistently. I try to give up. I see their games. And he was a, like legitimately, if he was off tanks, I have absolutely no hopes for ADD. And even in tanks, I had my doubts on him. So if he doesn't find a strike going going against players, it not necessarily super better than him or better than him in a lot of ways, but players that will at least try to do some other things because Latin America is not known for toppling pools. Uh, for toppling player pools, that can I assure, I can assure you that. So it's not like he's going to not have a little bit more competition here. I think ADD will probably suffer, and if he suffers, I think that this team will not have a lot of other angles to look at because I think it's Wixie, Chad, and the rest is kind of doomed. I think I think that's a great way to encapsulate the team. That's sort of my logic around where they're nine. To to carry on my you know trends of this thing, I you know I said that the top four teams. I really don't have any question marks, and they have somebody that can carry in the lanes that I I see in the current meta are the strongest, which is mid and top. And then you go down to five through eight. I still think with most of those teams, there's at least one or two guys, one or two guys in either one of those lanes that are strong. And when you fall right outside of eighth, you get to ninth. I think because you know I think Immortals has guys that can carry the load for this squad. It's just that I don't think they're in the spots that are the most pivotal from a standpoint of this meta. So they barely fall outside, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp any further. I think we all I think for the most part, at least three three of the four of us agree that Chad and Wixie are the big parts of this team. I just to, you know, harp on it again. I just don't know how much I can lean on any to carry in the current meta and how much jungle can be impactful outside with, with its biggest impact in jungle right now, we feel like is propping up those solo lanes to carry. So your your goal as a jungler early on in games is to impact those lanes. We obviously don't trust either one of these solo laners very much for IMT. To, so even if you try to prop them up, how successful are they going to be? So that's why I have them landing around ninth. I like the jungle and bot combination. I also want to throw out the fact that Immortals is, you know, an organization that is tumultuous in a similar sense to the Golden Guardians, especially when it comes to, you know, swapping rosters. I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these guys po pops off early, he might get pulled up. And I almost would guarantee that by the time we get to summer split, uh, one of the guys from this squad will be pulled up to their Immortals uh, LCS roster. So that also factors in a little bit as well. And that's why I have them just outside of that five through eight tier. And while I'm not hyper positive on Immortals Challengers, I will say they are a team that is avoiding being knocked down below any of the provisionals, which the same can't be said in my power rankings for Golden Guardians, right? And therefore, it becomes a comparative of Immortals versus these other staple teams in the NACL, those that, you know, have big feeder organizations into LCS proper. And I do think that, unfortunately, they do come out the weakest besides Golden Guardians, which frankly has the potential of a full-on collapse in regards to their ability to perform in the NACL. And I do think that what is propelling IMT above 
GG above AoE, but below these other slots is the fact that they have Chad, the fact that they have Wixie as well, bot side. I think those two, as we have been talking about, are going to be staple and a big focus. However, I think that when it comes to mid lane, that's actually the lane I'm the most down on. I have a little bit more of a defense for ADD, although I'm not super well enfranchised with the LLA. They played Teemo during Worlds, and that has to count for something, damn it, okay? Yeah, Walking it made me suffer. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, outside of that, from what I've seen out of ADD, I think that they are more than just tank champions. They had an okay performance on set on Aatrox, these other champions that have the potential to carry. I think that they will slot in as a top laner above much of what's being brought in by the provisional rosters, but just not someone who can't hang with the big dogs, unfortunately. And I think that that combined with the fact that you have a very staple jungler in the form of Chad, who, if I were to bet, would be the one to be moved up to the Immortals main roster. Uh, I'm not really sure how that's oriented in the LCS right now, but what I would say is I think that I'm happy and confident with the slot, and it seems like we're all on the same page regarding this general position. Yeah, uh, I will add, I mean, I think a lot of you guys are all on the boat of Wixie and Chad are the big players to look at it. Don't get me wrong, I think Wixie and Chad are very good as well. I do think, like, Balulu, though... Um, you know, I already brought up that I think this is a weak mid lane class. I think Balulu is a guy who, if he adapts well to North America, uh, could, could be very impressive. You know, this guy's won finals MVPs and stuff over in the TCL. And, uh, we've seen guys who are good in the TCL come over to these Western leagues and legitimately be very good. I think the TCL is one of the more competitive minor regions. And I think you got to put that respect on Balulu when he ends up coming on over here to a T2 league in North America, you know? Thinking about previous guys who've come over from TCL, you know, Closer has been very, very good. Broken Blade Broken was very, Blade. very good. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but Caps played in the TCL before he debuted in the LEC. Like, guys who look good in the TCL, we're not going to talk about Blue. Guys who look good in the <laughs> TCL come on over and very often uh, look very good in major leagues as well. And I think Balulu... You know, he's, he could do that. He's he's had very good performances before, so I think he's somebody that you at least have to give some respect towards as somebody who could step up. I will also say about ADD, um, what, what happened? Like, I, I got to call them out a little bit here, even though I'm the highest on Immortals. What happened to Vital, guys? What was the plan there? I don't Right. Like, it's, you pick up a random guy straight out of solo queue with no competitive experience. Given that context, I feel like he performed better than expectations. And then you drop him the next split anyway. Like, what? I don't even understand what the point of this is. And this Immor and Immortals in particular, Immortals Academy slash Immortals Challenger, has now gone through six top laners and six splits. I do not know what is going on at that position with this team, but they cannot figure it out. And, and, and somehow that, like, I, I just, I kind of feel for Vital here. It's like, what was, it was a questionable decision to bring him in. He did better than you expected. He's like the flip side of the Hoon coin, right? Where I'm saying, you know, you got to give a Hoon his second chance. Cause if you believed him in the first place, obviously you put him in a terrible situation. They believed in Vital in the first place, supposedly, they bring him in. I think he does pretty well in the situation and then you drop him anyway. I, I just don't understand it. And I just want to make a quick point here because I'm glad you brought up the six top laners. This could not be a worse patch meta to come into with that much turmoil in the top lane uh, as we've highlighted so much. So that should also that also factors in the fact that you're gonna have that much turmoil 
and you're coming into that and you're coming to this split where top lane we've already highlighted is the the hot button lane so that's why i have them at ninth as well because i i don't know what the hell they are doing with top lane all right looks like that'll do it for immortals challengers close it out on the add rant let's go to tl challengers oh boy this is gonna be a fun one i have this team ninth Ooh. All right, wow. well, we got a big contrast because I have them at one. Ooh, okay. I, I, I'll, I'll shudder away when you two fight. I have them at third, though, and uh, I believe Bonfire had them at fifth. Okay, we can fight together, Nierko. I have them at one. Wow. Let's go, baby! All right. <laughs> let's throw it down. Go ahead. Uh, let's do Nierko. Yeah, I, we've been spotlighting TDS and their hot takes for a while, so <laughs> I will step forward and try to make as strong of a point as I possibly can. I think that as a whole, this team has intangibles that will allow for them to be one of those top four competitors relatively easily. The issue is from there, how do I stack? And for me, when I look at a coherence team that has the ability to not only pop off, but have the endurance to sustain throughout a season, it stands to me that that's going to be TL Challengers. Bradley, top lane, going to be an all-star. I've talked a lot about how I think top is going to be the defining role of this early split, and I think that he is a very well-positioned player to carry TL Challengers and really make him the face of the league. Carrying on from there, I like their other solo laner as well, APA, getting a chance to shine. Um, I haven't gotten a whole lot of experience with them, but from what I've seen, I think that the dynamic that they play through um, is going to allow for Mir to have a really good kind of carte blanche in decision making to propel the game through into the mid just working through either top or mid to actually like gain tempo and once again it's a steady bot lane and that is all i ask from that position right now i think that arrow is going to be really good at pulling up kim down who i know other people are skeptical about but once again i will say they are a support in a meta where unfortunately i don't think supports are the biggest of playmakers and i think that overall that is enough of a complete package for me to say I'm able to put them somewhere in that top four. And given that I really am someone who loves to emphasize cohesion, especially in the ability to make decisions when playing around neutral objectives are so important right now, TL Challengers is my number one. Not to add, but on my side, there I was thinking quite heavily between who the first and the second were going to be. I knew which two teams were going to be. I think the difference maker was going to be very small. And I really like the points that Nierko has talked because I think that it goes to show how well this TL team can end up looking because of those strengths. I think Bradley potentially will be the, one of the, uh, the top two top laners. I think this split, it's going to be a really tough competition for to go against him and whoever is on the other side because there's a, a lot of players that can end up in that top two. I think Mir will be an interesting jungler to take a chance on and giving him good soul laners is important. But the point that tips the scales to me and this is a player that I'm the most hyped for in all of NACL. The one that I think, honestly, if it was to me, I would skip NACL and I would just put him in, in straight up on LCS. I think APA is the player that I not only would be watching the most, but I think that he will be the best mid laner in NACL. And I think that he should be playing in, in LCS, not in NACL, if I'm honest. I think that he's such a good player. I think that he has such an interesting champion pool to play with. And I hope that he just performs so well that I honestly 
think TL should just put him straight up in his roster. Even though I do think that they got a really good mid laner, I think that I would like to see APA more in the TL LCS roster. But that's my opinion. And that's why I think that I like TL a little bit more on that side. I'm really high on APA. And the moment that they got it, I said TL is looking like the best thing to me with APA. By the way, wait, before we continue one last thing, is it APA or APA? Because I like to call APA. him APA. I think it's APA because okay. it's short for always yeah. playing ahead. Okay, I like, uh, yeah, I called him always Appa, but okay, APA. Yeah, so, uh, I, so first of all, disclaimer, before I start hearing sirens outside my house, uh, I am, <laughs> I'm excited for APA. I'm glad that he's finally in the league. He deserves it. Good job, Team Liquid, for giving APA an academy job. Uh, I also still think Bradley's the best top laner in the NACL. I'm a big Bradley fan, and that's why it hurts me so much to put this team this low. Um, but it, you'll notice throughout this whole show, I have been planting seeds into why I don't really uh, think that this TL roster is going to be very good. If you remember, uh, I said I'm kind of low on Osh players. I don't think that uh, that league is a good uh, way of judging who's going to be successful in North America at this point because I think we've we've really uh, snagged away some of the best talent from them, and now the level of competition has sunk as a result. Uh, and so I don't give Mir a lot of credit for his LCO win. Uh, you know, I just don't think he looked that impressive coming into Worlds. Uh, and you know, I granted he's Korean and is you know has all that uh, has that experience as well. Um, but I just you know I'm just not going to be very high on players coming in on the LCO until proven otherwise. Uh, and I'm similarly low on Kim down, as if you recall, I also brought up I'm not very high on collegiate players. Uh, and so both of these guys then come in here with, I think, big question marks next to them. Kim Down in particular, I, I don't think Kim Down would have gotten offers from other academy teams. Um, so maybe TLC something in him. Maybe it's just because he's Korean. Uh, I would hope it's at least a mix of both. But uh, context clues there uh, make me a little bit concerned in that section as well. Um and Arrow, I think, is quite good. So I think all in all those together, I just I end up putting Mir and Kim down so low in my rankings that I think it just drags down the rest of the team. Um, and they, you know, that the position that that lands them in is ninth. Um, before I'm willing to give other teams a chance, I think APA. While I'm very happy for him, I'm not as high on him as TDS. I have him. I assume he will come in and be good, and I think over time he will be better. Uh, but, I mean, historically, you know, mid laners coming in to the Academy League or now the Salt League without uh, having played there before, they usually take a little bit of adjustment time. You know, the big, exciting mid laners coming into the league in the past, they've been guys guys like Spyrax, you know, guys like Ryoma when he came in, guys like Jojo Pune. You know, even he didn't really end up looking that great in his first split at this level. Uh, and I think APA is going to join him. I have him as like, you know, like the ninth best mid laner and, uh, that reflects them as the ninth best team. Wow. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I, I, I think I, I'm not, uh, with Gordo obviously on that one. I, I'm, I'm, I think they're third. I think Gordo's being a little, a little, he's throwing out the hot take. I, I respect it. So I, you gotta have the negative hot takes with, with the, uh, positive hot takes. Uh, I'll get out of the way quickly. If you don't remember, I said third, uh, I do have i do see a world where, where this team can win it all so i understand the logic from you know narco and tds here because 
the highs, the ceilings on some of these player, players in my mind is absolutely massive, and I don't really need to state a lot more. Uh, what I'm going to do, because you guys have covered basically every single player here, uh, is I'm going to just you know shed some light on my third versus fourth place team, because it's TL versus C9, their challenger squad. And I think the element that we, I know we touched on earlier, we haven't really highlighted coaches, but my favorite coach in the NACL is going to be Spawn, and I think if there's any coach to have some sort of impact on a squad, it's going to be uh, Spawn. So I also want to preface the fact that when I talked about C9 Challengers, my strength for that squad was their bot lane, right? So I talked about Lost and Zazel. I think they're a great combination together. But to go back to how we feel about the meta and how I feel about solo lanes, the strengths of C9 Challengers is their bottom lane, which I don't think is as strong of a lane currently. And the strengths we can all profoundly say is at least Bradley, which is going to be a huge contention point because of how top lane is. And I like I like APA a lot. I don't think he's going to flounder off the bat as much as Gordo thinks. So with those two guys propping up, you know, I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of OC junglers. I'm not that high on Mir either, but I think those solo lanes could prop him up enough to the point where this team will be a top three finishing team. I am just worried about, you know, the collegiate and OC players as well, that I don't think they can jump over in 100 these squad, and we already know how how goddamn high I am on EG Challengers. So that's where my logic lands. I still think this is a really great team, and I'm glad to see the TL stuck with. You know, they're like, all right, LCS-wise, we're going full Korean. They even planted some of those seeds in on their challenger squad. And just to round out and kind of bring back my thoughts on TL challengers, because I feel like I do have a lot to say on them, them being my number one and all, I just also want to note that we have talked before about how, right now, the middling class for the NACL does not feel all that great this year. I think that APA jumps way higher in the rankings than where Gordo has him. I think that he will be able to adjust without a whole lot of a break-in period. And I think that we can genuinely see him help define the tempo of games off the backs of especially a very solid jungler like Mir being able to also shore up Bradley. So that's where I stand. I think TL really at least are going to come out the door winning most of their games where they exactly land. I'm still relatively open to saying that maybe they will finish third. Maybe they'll finish second, but they are in that top four at the very least. Um, I also want to dredge up the corpse of Bonfire here just a little bit to make sure that he's still with us and all, given the number of fantastic takes he's been putting into the dock and bring out the fact that they also have Spawn as their coach. And to directly quote Bonfire, he is his goat. I am totally not biased at all. Best coach in the NACL. So, you know, while he's not here to justify that claim, it must mean something. Yeah, that's fair. I and I am and you know, Spawn is this is the same thing where when I call out, you know, my my echoes from the future, you know, where I'm I, I can hear my future self telling me that I'm an idiot for not being super high on hundred thieves. I can feel that for TL as well, don't get me wrong. Uh that you know, I could see Spawn making something of this team for sure. Just, I just wanted to put some like context on. You know, we're all debating about where we place APA in our rankings, um, and you know, just just to put some context to that, I think I I did look exactly at where I have him in my rankings, and I have him eighth. I have him below Spyrax, Balulu, Rioma, Pretty, Eminus, Copy, and Insanity. Uh, and I think it's, you know, maybe Spyrex and Balulu, maybe even Rioma if you're like a, if you're a bonfire level Rioma hater. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's, it's a tough ask to really take APA coming out of, 
you know, amateur and collegiate. I, I do consider him more of an amateur player, you know, especially from his time on uh, on other amateur level teams before he moved over to Maryville. Um, but I just think it's a tough ask to put APA above any of those guys. Um, I, I also think, you know, guys like Dark Wings and Soligo can challenge him. So with that context, I, you know, I think it's tough to, while I'm excited about the prospect of APA, I think it's tough to rate him that high coming in. And I think that goes to show, like though my two hot takes, Flyquist being so low and then APA obviously being as, as high as I am with APA. I understand the points. Obviously, I'm really backed off by what I said previously. Like, I come from football background and I see players thrown into the trial by fire. And I like, it can work out, it cannot. But I feel like AP is one of those players that will be able to deliver and that's why I'm so high with him. And I also wanted to touch on the mirror thing a little bit because Nyarko was talking about it. If you have good enough soul laners, like, a jung as long as the jungler is not a straight up inting, he can still perform well enough. Like, it's harder for a good jungler to look good in a bad team or to perform in a bad team with bad laners than it is for a regular jungler to perform in a team with great laners because those great laners can just make your life easier. And I think that's why Mir is not going to be suffering that much compared to someone like NXI that is a, such a good jungler but is with laners that will not be able to allow him to perform to that level. Yeah, That's a fair take. I would love to be... Uh, blown away by Bradley this split I will say I would love to be proven wrong on this team just because uh excited for some of the talent coming on up here uh, and I've been a big Bradley fan since his wild card days moving on the other TL squad TL first I am coming in putting this team 12th and I have TL first at 13. I also have TL first at 12, and then Bonfire has TL first at 13. I had them at 12 as well. All right. Oh, okay. Some good consensus Pretty coming slow. through there. Uh, about uh, Slayer, you haven't gone in a while. How about you talk us up on TL first? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll keep this one short and sweet. Um, not just purely based off name, his his name, but I am a big uh, – I'm very glad to see City Woody back up. Um at this level of play um, and his teammate, I'm glad he got to bring his teammate. Um, he's played a lot with Rovex as well. So uh, when it comes to these provisional teams for me, uh, obviously AOE, they've pulled some talent that's already had tier two experience. I wasn't expecting that. That's kind of why I bumped them uh, up to where I had them, which I, I started to lose track of where I have certain people at this point. I had them at 10th. So that's why I bumped them there. But outside for most provisional teams, I, I go to guys that I've, watched play at amateur level and seen a little bit in collegiate scene as well um and factor in how i think they can perform the next level and i think for most of all for all the rest of the provisional teams i think tl first has two guys that i'm very excited to see come up into this scene that isn't on a challengers team and that's city woody and rovex they play together for a while now they play together on both collegiate uh they've subbed in together on some collegiate teams they played on a lot of amateur teams very far back in history they've been doing this for a while and it's really nice to see uh these two guys land at this level and they're really my my strong factors for why tl first is just a little bit higher cut cloth than wildcard gaming or cincinnati fear um i don't know too much about the the rest of these guys to be honest so i'm just gonna lean on those two uh, and shout out city witty 
For me, TL first, I think, is the team that has its closest border with someone else on my power rankings, that being CLG Faith right on top of them. I think that they are going to be good performers, especially in comparison to the kind of like bottom half of the provisional teams. But I think that, unfortunately for me, the takes that I have regarding a lot of these players still has me not really pushing them to defy expectations in any way. Sridi was stable and I think a pretty decent top laner throughout the performance in Academy. And I think that they will continue to be an anchor for TL first. And Slayer, building off of what you said with City Witty and Rovex, I like the fact that these two have kind of played together, are jumping up to this level of competition. But the issue that I always have with this kind of trajectory for players especially when we're doing power rankings is we haven't seen them really going through that trial by fire that tds has really been kind of popping up as a really solid means of gauging ability and gauging performance and while i think that they will do well i don't see them really climbing beyond their current post in the next few months maybe even this entire split so there's definitely room for improvement and i will love to see how tl first develops they're one of those teams that i'm going to be rooting for whenever i see them on stage but as it currently stands i'm fine only kind of putting them in that upper half of provisionals but still not a team that's going to make a splash yeah so something interesting here i'm actually hyped on totally different tl first players i think than you guys are hmm. uh so i come in first of all very high on surdy uh i think surdy um, you know, I brought up earlier that I'm not crazy about the depth of top lane in this league. I think you got, you know, your Bradley, your Phillip, your soul as the tops. Um, and then I think, you know, Gamsu, Jenkins, Concept, ADD, Hoon, Fake God, all those guys are all very, maybe even Moose Hater gets his name in there. Uh, I think are all very interchangeable, very close. And I think Surdy's above those guys, uh, along with Sniper. Um, and that makes Surdy, in my opinion, the best individual player on a provisional team, I think, in the league. I think, uh, you know, in comparison to his peers, I think he is the most academy level of all so how many six times five is 30 so out of the 30 provisional team players i think surdy is the best individual one um most capable of making a move up to a challengers roster as soon as possible i also putting context clues together i think like in a vacuum i think surdy would have been on a challengers team this split i think it seems pretty clear to me that what happened was uh um, Soul was dropped late by TSM because they gave him a very low salary offering, and that's public knowledge. Um, so Soul being dropped late led to evil geniuses making that move. You know, I don't think they would have expected Soul to be available, which led to Surdy being dropped late and not being able to get on a challengers team. So I think it's kind of situational more than skill based as to why he's ended up at this level. Um, so I'm going to be pretty high on him coming into this split. Uh, and then somebody else I'm excited for is Mia. Mia, I think she's very, very good. Uh, she is five-role challenger, if I recall correctly. Some of the discussion going oh. on back when she popped up on Evil Genius's Prodigies. Um, I think she came into that first Proving Grounds tournament and wowed everybody. It's like, wow, this could really be... She could really be one of the best 80 carries in the amateur scene. And I think she kind of dropped off that as the rest of the Proving Ground circuit went on, but still very, very impressive overall. And I'm, I'm excited to see her this next year. 
I find it so funny that Gordo, I, I think, I, I don't think we shared any, like, any notes or anything like that, but we're thinking the same, because those are the two players I'm actually looking for. Like, I under, the other players are players that I understand why there's so much attention put into them, but certainly, I, I, I think it, he's, like you were saying, it's a consequence of the circumstances. It's not on him directly. It's on a lot that was happening around. I think we can just leave it as TSM is an awful org and they should burn. That That's how we should leave it at. <laughs> but, but in all honesty, I think that he would have been fine in, in almost any other team. I think that he would have found a spot apart from like those top, top teams that have already great top laners. It's really hard for him to be able to go against it. And then the me one, if I'm not wrong, there was, uh, like, I heard there was some situations at the end of it, so it was kind of affecting how her performance was going to be shown. But I do agree. I think that Mia, even though her recent performances were the most recent ones in tournament-wise, weren't, like, the best that we were expecting off of her, I think that she's one of the players that has had one of the much quicker ascent, uh, yeah, ascents towards the LCS trajectory. I think that she's doing a really good job. I feel like she's going to be able to keep on performing. And as long as she like this roster implodes or anything like that, I feel like some of these players can try and move upwards towards the challenger teams instead of just staying in 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 these affiliate teams that are uh, keeping themselves around. All right. I think that'll do it for TL first. Moving on now to uh, an org that has just been recently called out by TDS. Uh, it's their latest public uh, shaming. Is it going to be TSM <laughs> Challengers? I have this team at 11th. And yet again, I have a bunch of contrast for the top half. I have them at three. Wow. Okay. Right. I have them at uh, I have them at sixth, and Bonfire has them at eighth. So I did shame them, but Slayer, I'm with you, sixth. And my reasoning is pretty straightforward, and it's something I've talked about a couple of times during the during our conversations. Look, I'm actually shocked that you all have them so low, <laughs> and so I was not preparing to like have a whole rationale listed as to why I think that they're not only top half, but top contenders in this league. Sure, we don't know who the mid is going to be anymore, <laughs> but you look at the other four players on the team, and I still think they come together into making a pretty coherent roster as long as they find someone with hands there in the mid lane. I think that, first and foremost, we got to talk about Sven Skarin. Um Really, this is a player that I'm shocked is even here in an ACL. I can see them easily moving to an LCS spot. I think that it's kind of general consensus that they are one of the best players. And frankly, I know that like we've been kind of bigging up top as a hugely influential role. And we also even said in the past that jungle can be kind of carried through solid solo laners, but you do have to think about what a good jungler can do. It's still league of legends. At the end of the day, this is going to be a three lane smacking monster. And I think that TSM can do a whole lot to build momentum off of that. When you also look at bot side of the map, I really like wild turtle. I think that, given the general stacking of 80 carries and the fact that the bot lane role is not one that's super emphasized right now. I think that this is one of the few people that can kind of break through that narrative, break that curse and actually just kind of bully lanes and 
take TSM challengers to victory through some more unorthodox play styles away from what is the norm right now in the NACL and just in League of Legends in general. All right, now, my turn to come in as, as I suppose the lowest. And Yarko, this team doesn't have a mid laner. <laughs> they don't need one. They don't need one. A, how can you put a team with a question mark at mid lane at third? <laughs> I know I'm the one saying it's a weak mid lane class, but come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but that aside, um, I co and and on top of that, uh, you guys know how I feel about Oceanic imports at this point, so I'm kind of low on drag coup as well. Uh. I'm also low on Hauntzer, who, despite all the love I have for him from my TSM fandom days, uh, just did not look very good the last time he was in Academy, also on TSM, um, and uh, didn't play Champions Q, you know, hasn't really been anywhere lately, hasn't been playing competitive, so I just have to come on, on him pretty low after having been off for a couple of years now. Um I do think that Sven Skarin definitely has the most upside. I think Wild Turtle has some upside in him as well. I think recency bias has kicked in a bit lately, uh, and people have forgotten that Wild Turtle has been kind of on and off for a long time. Um, with that said, he's been firmly off since 2021, and in, even in 2020, he was uh, kind of struggling. Uh, while his FlyQuest team was good around him, you know, he lost his job to MASH for quite a while uh, in that summer split. Uh, and then just something else at a, at a wider range to keep in mind, uh, this was brought up, um, Relief Smacks brought it up on stream, so I'm going to quote them on this, uh, that this team isn't even uh, competing in the TSM facilities. I believe this team is operating entirely remotely, uh, is what I have heard, and... Uh, that's a rough look, guys, uh, and we know... Well, so did RNG during MSI, so, true, you know. True. So did RNG during MSI, and they won that tournament. But uh, TSM... Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I that's mean, I don't... So well. it, it, do, the rumors we've all heard are that TSM is looking to offload their academy system. Uh, the reports we heard from Seoul are that they're paying academy minimum. It seems to me like this is a team that is stood up because they need to stand it up. Um, and... Therefore, they are populated with a roster of players who would like to keep playing but have the savings to play for a minimum roster. So I am a little uh, down on them for that reason as well. Yeah, so I'm going to take this moment to uh, just sort of establish my stance on TSM uh, as I unfortunately am way too loyal of a, of a fan when it comes to t allegiances I choose to really find any outs where I feel comfortable so I unfortunately am still a TSM fan but everything you hear that all these all these lovely other people I'm working with as they crap on TSM I also support at the same time I they deserve it they deserve everything this this organization is, is a dumpster fire and I hate how loyal I am and it's it's even showing across in the Challengers League team the reason I have them uh, at six though it, it revolves a lot around a wild turtle and Svens Garen. Um, I will wager that Svens Garen will probably play for TSM LCS after we after they have a sputtering start uh, with their whatever roster they throw in the LCS, and Svens Garen's gonna get pulled up there. So I have them landing around sixth. Obviously, they don't have a mid laner. That's a big question mark as well. I'm a bit higher on Hauntzer mainly because he when. TSM, when these two were at arguably their peaks together, they played really well, their synergy together, when Hanser and Svenskeren did play at the LCS level with TSM. So I think that Svenskeren will prop Hanser up a bit more, and I think that will help them have a bit of success. Um, 
I do think Wild Turtle's due for a bit of a of a bump up now that he is at uh, more he's more comfortably situated at a lower level. Um, but when I look at the teams that I put above uh, TSM, I, I just think there's a lot more potential, um, and I'm a lot more confident, you know, in the fact that oh, I don't know, they have a mid laner um, with LG challengers and guys like C9 challengers who, who are the fourth and fifth respectively. So. Yeah, I mean, this is really just the Sven Garen show for me and why I have him at sixth. Um, and Reggie, somehow, please sell, sell the team still, even though it's never going to happen. Please get out. Thank you. And I think it's a perfect opportunity to jump in, especially talking about fixing the team, because I think someone left it in the dock, and I agree a lot, and it's something that we've been talking about. I have them at six because I expect this team to be broken up. I don't know if by the help of the split or by some point of the split, it's going to be broken up. Because if TSM LCS fails, the first thing that will happen is a player from a cat, from the challengers is going to go up. Like, that's the first thing that is going to happen. More than likely, it's been scaring, but if not, I can see others moving around. The thing is that as soon as it gets broken up, then I'm going to be back into a situation where we don't know what to expect from TSM. And I think they are going to get carried by their early results because I, th I expect TSM to be out of the out of the gates to look good enough, like they are going to get, win multiple games, they are going to be quite high, and then as soon as the break happens, then TSM goes back to what I expected, and that's why I see them at six. I don't think they are a sixth place team. I don't think they are going to be the sixth, like theoretically in power, they are going to be the sixth, but I just think that their early results are not going to be destroyed by their later results, and then even if some bad things happen, I expect him to at least be in that six to eight border of power. Yeah. The only other thing I'd say there is uh, I would love to see like the story of like Hauntzer, Svenskar, and Wild Turtle uh, having all played together on 2017 TSM. Um, you know, they kind of like, uh, they join forces and they're like, Hey guys, if we, if we really all give it, if we give it our all and, you know, play the way that we always used to, um then we can uh get back into the lcs because tsm main is gonna suck uh that would be a fun story i just don't really think it's gonna work out that way i mean i feel that i've already passed up on quite a few narratives i've poo-pooed a lot of stories a lot of last dances so far as we work through these power rankings i gotta lash onto one of them and this is the one that i'm going to finally touch base on you know nobody expected the drx story of last year and it's gonna be tsm academy this year <laughs> Your world's right. champions, TSM yeah. Challenge and ACL champions, or you know, pr re promotion to LCS. TSM rebuilds the way that they uh, they never really managed to. All right, so we're gonna close things out now with wild card. I have this team at 14th, I got them at 15th. I and Bonfire share uh, them at 15th as well. I'm the high. I'm the one that has them higher than 11th. All right. Ooh, dodging relegation. Talk or... about TDS. Yeah, I, I, to me, these are the two teams that I expect the most out of the affiliate ones with AOE. AOE and Wildcard are the two teams because I do think that they have players that can work around with them. Like they are teams that have delivered when they have been against the upper level of any of any teams in the amateur scene, like they have always been present and they have always been able to deliver against them. I think that they are 
important in the sense not that they will try to go for a good enough roster and they certainly went for really interesting players and obviously really good players to try and keep them up in a good way i think soligo can be a good stone or well actually stone is a little bit less rock to try and support a team enough so that it doesn't affect them much obviously moose hater feels like the player that maybe we're putting a lot of our focus on because we have seen him and i think also dual king is going to be an interesting attempt that wildcard is bringing i think probably one of the other players that i'm looking forward to and as long as this team doesn't have major problems i feel like talent wise they should be above a lot of the other teams in, in terms of how they perform now my main doubt will come when they go against the actual teams coming in from the the challenger like the challenger teams from the actual lcs orcs but i expect them to at least get one random win against one of these rosters and for some reason, I expect it to be against C9. Interesting. Uh, that yep. if you if you call that TDS, man, I I will. I don't know what I'll do. And I mean, if if <laughs> if he only if he calls the not only that they only win against one challenger team, but it's specifically C9, that'd be very interesting. Uh, I'll just wait. <laughs> hey, it might happen. Who knows, right? Um, yeah. uh, my logic for this one is uh, I honestly. I think I just trust, and this is kind of a base take. I kind of just trust the the orgs with two, you know, provisional teams a little bit more, and the fact that AOE have just like so much more talent that is played at this level that I can trust that has made forced me kind of to put them down here. So I, I kind of just trust Teal first and Flyfam as a grouping, you know, you know, as the people around these players to prop them up pretty well. Um, I do think Moose Hater, um, to contrary to his name, did he did get. Uh, didn't deserve as much of the hate with um, the AOE cows performance in UPL, um, so I think he's going to be a good one. I think I think Soligo. I think someone has already touched on Soligo, how he could be um, a mid laner that could kind of dark horse contend with some of the other ones in the class because it's a weaker class. I agree with Gordo on that point, but I just I think I just trust more of those organizations above them. Uh, and so I have to put them 15th, but I will be the first one to, you know, eat a crow if I'm wrong, uh, on this one. And, and then, and then, and, and obviously I'm not going to put anybody, uh, below Cincinnati fear with how I felt about them. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, see, I'm kind of, I guess I, I'm high quote unquote. I have them at 14th. So I guess I have them one position higher than the majority of our, uh, cast, uh, I'm kind of a little bit more up on wildcard for the same reason that I'm a little bit more up on AOE. I think they have some good baseline talent. Um, I think they come in with a lot of guys who have academy experience. I think Soligo, Duo King, and Keel all have uh, played at the academy level before. Uh, I think Keel in particular um, really looked good last year, and I'm pretty excited to see him make a return to this level. I think Moose Hater was a pretty big breakout of the Proving Grounds tournament itself on AoE Ginger Turmeric. I think he is a player that people were very low on coming into that event. He was like kind of a no-name guy, I think, at the start of the year. And, uh, you know, held his own very well against a lot of Academy top laners to the point that, you know, I think he's in that mass of, uh, of guys that I come in considering like interchangeable in skill level. They could beat each other all on any given day. Um, and Moose Hater, I think, is right in there. So uh, I think that gives them a little bit of fighting power, especially up against some of the other provisional teams, and uh, leaves them at 14th. I think there are convincing arguments to knock them up to around that 14th, 13th slot, especially in the comparative with FlyFam. I do think that them and Wildcard Gaming are relatively close. And Moose Hater, we have talked about a little bit already, 
well, quite a bit already, at least in reference to how much we've talked about the other players on Wildcard. I think that they will help define the character of this team, and I'm excited to see them come through up against, you know, people who have played in the LCS before, people who are on that trajectory trying to climb towards that upper echelon of NA competitive. Um, and I think that he can really make his mark, so I'm excited for that. I have to dock points, though, for really hating on the award-winning TA top caster in the play-by-play role, Moose, so, you know, got a shout out my boy but overall um i think that it's a roster that will win games this is not a team that i think is going to just get completely rolled i think that there will be spots where they're ahead even up against much stronger rosters but it's just a matter of me seeing them coming through and making results that launch them out of that area where they have to fight for uh, against relegation i don't see that happening that is fair enough. So with all 16 teams gone through, I have been aggregating all of our rankings throughout the night. Uh, and if we were to average them all together, our collective power rankings end up at 100 Thieves Challenger, Evil Geniuses Challengers, TL Challengers, a tie at 4th, 5th with C9 Challengers and Dignitas Challengers. Thanks, sixth, Bonfire. CLG <laughs> challengers seventh eighth is also a tie with FlyQuest and TSM. After that, we have Immortals and Golden Guardians at tenth. Then we end up in the provisional teams. We actually did rate all challenger teams one through ten and all provisional teams eleven through sixteen uh, with AOE and TL first, CLG Faith Wild Card, Fly Fam, and then Cincinnati Fear down there at the bottom. So. All in all, you know, we end up fulfilling the narrative that I think we all talked about fighting against a little bit. We do have <laughs> the uh, we it. do have the provisional teams down at the bottom. We all have our own pet teams that we have a little bit higher, uh, but collectively, we just do not uh, think that these teams are going to be able to contend. I think I really blame all of you guys for being too high on TSM challengers. I think this is your fault. Well, okay, so here we can play the blame game for some of these ratings. All right, so Dig at five, thanks, Bonfire. Uh, fly all the way down at seven is thanks, TDS. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess uh, that it's TSM at eight is, is thanks to Narco. So, and I'm, I'm scot-free, guys. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm pretty sure no team from the affiliates is above because I also bumped up GG. Because if I was with you guys on GG, I, the AOE probably is above them. Oh, okay, yeah. I guess I could say thanks, GG's. Yeah, I yeah. guess. I was going to say I was 13th on GG, so if you want to say thanks, Slayer, for one of them, I put them pretty darn low. I think that the thing that stands out to me the most out of these aggregated scores is the fact that we have 100 Thieves at the top, and I think it was one of the most consistently rated high-ranking teams, because otherwise we had considerable variance as to who our top four overall are. The fact that 100 Thieves slotted in for everybody I think is surprising, given that when we were talking about their overarching trajectory moving into this split, we aren't saying they're super consistent. We aren't saying that they are just a team that has a lot of good prospects that are going to develop in a very linear line. We're saying this team can be explosive. This team has a lot of variance in where they can go in terms of their ceiling and their floor. But Nobody ultimately, really thinks they are going to win. Up. <laughs> yeah, we all thought second, right? We all thought they, second. We don't even think they're 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 going to win, so it's kind of funny to see them there. But I understand why. Yeah, we're pretty universally high on evil geniuses as well. Nyarko's the lowest at fourth, but we got two firsts and two thirds in there as well. So we're uh, 
I think those are going to be the big teams to watch. I'm the hater on TL Challengers. TL could have been very clearly in that top three if I didn't uh, have them so low. My top four is the same as the Iron top four. Just switch. I mean, switch around a couple spots, but I have all the same teams up there. Well, Slayer, besides scaling up for a few random hot takes here and there, it does feel like at the end of the day, you came out with the most solid baseline of a power rankings that probably is the most realistic, the one huffing the least copium, the one without pet teams really standing out here <laughs> or there. And so I got to give credit to you, at least on that front, for keeping us grounded throughout this first uh, edition of the salt mine yeah that's that's usually the dynamic that i have uh, uh with a lot of things i've worked a lot with bonfire the most uh and i usually have to ground him so it's no surprise that here i am serving a similar role yeah i think we just we have to say goodbye to the first narrative of the split which is uh that bonfire or that slayer and i almost had the same rankings throughout the whole way uh, it, it was been so fun. fun really would have been I'll... fun if we just went the whole way through and we were same uh bar for bar you you know what's funny is i think I sneakily might have agreed just as much with Narcos just further down the line mm. that we didn't like. It wasn't in a row, but it was like sneakily. I think I agree. It's it. Yeah, your bottoms are like really similar. You have the same tenth, same fourteenth, same fifteenth, same sixteenth. There you go. Yeah, okay. actually. Yeah. Same seventh, same fifth, same ninth. Yeah, actually, and maybe even more. Yeah. So. What the... maybe <laughs> yeah, I was gonna so. say that's like that's like six, right? It's like or seven? The, yeah, that's half the positions. Yeah. We're all in agreement on. All right. Well, let's wrap things up here. This has gone way longer than we ever meant for it to, but that's okay. It's a preseason episode uh, giving all of our thoughts on all of the teams. They'll be shorter in the future as we go week by week. But let's uh, let's close this out. Let's give our uh, give our socials, say our goodbyes, and uh, and talk a little bit about uh, about the future. Let's uh, start off with you, Narco. Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Nyarko, LOL. I mostly am just talking about how addicted to casting I am. I am going to try to get myself really deeply ensconced in NACL for the season, partially for their podcast and partially because I just love Amateur League. And in the past, there's been a little bit of a misconception between Gordo and I. When I say amateur, I was talking like gold leagues or plat leagues. Now, <laughs> I hope to actually come up to his level, talk about these tier two orgs, talk about NLC, NACL qualifiers as well. This is just going to be my time for the next few months focusing on these kinds of things. And I hope to all see you all there. Uh, let's toss it over to Slayer next. Yeah, I, uh, you can follow me at uh, at SlayerCasts. I made a more professional esports-oriented one. Or if you really want to see every stupid personal take I have, you could follow me at Leo Silverman. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to following uh, the, the NACL and be a part of this podcast, mostly because of what Gordo outlined. The, he said the star, beautiful start about how on Twitter North American fans and on Reddit North American fans are all about, oh, we want more North American talent. We want relegation, so there's more stakes. That's me. I am North American fans in that aspect. So I will definitely be following along with the fact that, A, I get to watch it on the weekend because I get too busy during the week. And I love, I love to watch teams that are road office. Oh, they're going to be relegated soon. Fight and catch some of these challenger teams off guard who probably are thinking that teams like Wildcard and CLG Faith are just a free matchup for the week. And with that, I think I'm going to be the last one because obviously Bonfire is not here. So on TDS, you can follow me at TDScast. I regret every day not making my tag Seer TDS because it would have been more unique, but it's at TDScast, so you can follow me there. I post about League of Legends because I'm addicted to professional League of Legends and, and League of Legends overall, so I'm going to be posting a lot of League of Legends. I also post a lot about football because I love the sport. 
and Champions League is coming up, so I'm going to be super salty when it starts. And I see the I see the teams in the games. It's going to be fun. But you can follow me at TDS Casts. And to close things out, I I have been Gordo, uh, keeping the the streak going of casters not being able to uh, come up with unique Twitter handle handles. I'm at Gordo Casts. Uh, I think that's every single one of us now. And uh, yeah, I'll be tweeting about League of Legends. I'll be tweeting about NACL, LCS, uh, maybe even some NACL cues along the way. And cast some whatever I can get my hands on in the meantime, as well as making appearances on this show. So we're going to be looking to drop episodes weekly once the NACL gets started. It is January 10th on the day we are recording here, so we'll have a little bit of time in between. Not sure exactly when this is going to hit the airwaves, but uh, until then, uh, that is going to do it for our show. So thank you all for tuning in to The Salt Mine, and we will be back to talk about the first round of NACL games after the league debuts on the 21st. So we will see you there.